Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shana. I'm Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and gee, are the boys fired up today. I'll give you an insight. <laughs> we could have... Yeah. Uh, I think we've just burnt about a half an hour of Carpool Rugby League gold just having a quick chat about uh, the footy and having a catch-up before going on to air. I'll tell you what, um, uh, you don't want to miss this one, team. It's definitely, you know, I think I think, I think, think lockdown has, uh, has, has amped up everything. I think it's amped up the way uh, emotions, it's amped up the way people feel. You know, um, if you've got an itch, you know, if you've got an itchy eye or something in your eye, it feels like there's a boulder in there. Um, everything's been exacerbated by what's going on. And, and you know what? When your team's winning, you're on high. If your team's losing, you're not. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's uh, the, the recipe for a good Couple. I, I, I hear some rants today, Great. I, I hear some rants today. Yeah, you know, a, a few right. people have been calling me salty, but, you know. Anyway, no, 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 we'll no, get to that. Not on this one. Wait, I've never mate, seen he's... our captain so uh, so fired up. I know. Oh, he's, mate, mate. He's, he's like Pat Benatar. Mate, he's there's... so fired up. Oh, there's, there's... That, could there's... Be our, that could be our theme, actually. That's mate, a good there's, one. There's... There's pieces of silver side that have less salt in them than Graham at the moment. You can harvest it from his veins. I can't wait for the Square Dance Caller uh, cover of All Fired Up for uh, There's a Challenge yes, for you. Well, but Griffo, I'll tell you what. And you know they'll take it on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Griffo. We've only got two weeks left in the regular season. Don't say that. No, well, I'll tell Don't. you what. It's exciting because... It is, but you know what that means. I know we're close. finals and we're getting one game closer to the end. Yeah, but we've got to look at the positives, guys. Let's stick positive. Let's stay positive. <laughs> I told you, it's lockdown blues. Let's get fired up. Um, shit's getting real, Griff. Yeah. Look, nothing's changed. Um, yeah. There's four teams that can win this comp. Uh the Roosters, uh, you just got to pay credit to the Roosters, but I don't think they can win the comp. Manly can win the comp. Souths can win the comp. Penrith can win the comp. Melbourne can win the comp. And the rest are just making up the numbers, to be honest. You know, Para had a win last week. Congratulations to them. Good on um, you know, but they're making up the numbers along with uh, Newcastle Knights and take your pick of Sharks, Raiders, Titans and the rest uh, are probably falling into Shingles category from a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> the and, junk uh, category. It rhymes with funk. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Can, can I just say before we... We're not going to look at the games yet. Massive game this week for, for Manly. Um and the Roosters, it's it, it, mm. Roosters playing uh, South Sydney, and, and when you look at what you look at Manly, they've they've got to start thinking. Well, 
if we want the fourth place, it begins here. Thank God they're playing the dogs. Yeah, look, Manly are going to win this week. They're going to win next week. They're going to win big. Um, if the Roosters slip up and lose a game, uh, Manly will take fourth spot. It's as simple as that. That's no disrespect to the Roosters. Um, it's just a matter of Manly are just ready to pounce. They're not going to drop any comp points. They're going to improve their four and against. And, of course, the Roosters have the task ahead of them against the Rabbitohs, and we'll talk a lot about that uh, mm. later in the uh, podcast. Yeah, it's a big one. You mentioned a lot of clubs there. Like, obviously, we're looking at saying these are the clubs that can win. We've got those other clubs there. Hopefully, we might get a dark horse. You never know. You mentioned there are some clubs making up numbers, but I'll be totally honest with you, fellas. Um, I'm throwing a positive spin on this. Even if you are looking at the clubs that are just making up the numbers, there's been some... Um, well, there's been some entertaining games. I, I thoroughly enjoyed last week, and I'll go through the scores in a moment. But, you know, a game like the Broncos-Warriors, despite the fact that none of us are looking at them as contenders, there's still plenty of um, of games, even including those teams, that are going to provide some entertaining football. And like we said, we're sad to see the regular season end because we're, we're not going to have as much football, and these teams are still providing us with some great entertainment. Well, we're at the time of year, Gray, some where... Of them. Yeah, but but for some of these teams, and what frustrates me, you know, I remember every year you get one of these lower sides that seem to just throw caution to the wind all of a sudden and all of a sudden produce this decent football. Um, I don't think the dogs are going to do what they did last year, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, what, what I love is I think the games that have finals feels are having that finals feel. Um, I thought South uh, Penrith last night had all the hallmarks of a finals football game, um, which is going to see itself come to fruition in a few weeks' time. But um, it's just going to be very interesting to see, is there... Now, I agree with Griff. Uh, four sides can win, Roosters and the rest are junk. Uh, I think that um, it'll be very interesting to see if there's anyone who wants to put their hand up and say we're going to be the nuisance factor of this... Um, last couple of rounds and maybe mm. the final series. I'll tell you what, um, I'll, just to give a, a personal opinion here, fellas, I wouldn't write the Roosters off. I think it's a, a big game for them this week. I'm really interested to see what they can do. Well, and They're it's just also a big game, club for, that can... big game for South. You know, yeah, going into the finals, you you've, you've, you haven't beaten Penrith or, or, the, or, or the Storm all year. Haven't beaten the, the team thing... above them on the ladder. That's true. And the last thing you want is to roll into the finals with back-to-back losses. Um, mm. I think, you know, I think South Sydney up for a big game minus um, some key players, including Keon Kolomatangi. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a moment. But talking about back-to-back losses, we might as well get straight into the scores from last week, get everyone up to date. The team I'm referring to who've had a lot on the line recently uh, but have had a tough draw over the past couple of weeks. Other Gold Coast Titans, they've had back, back, back-to-back losses in recent weeks. Um, they lost on Thursday night 34-20 to against the Melbourne Storm. So the Titans showing, um, uh, well, they're going back to that form where they're scoring a lot of points last week, but obviously... Would you, have thought, would you have thought it was going to be 10-0 at some stage? No, that game there, that was one of those games where they were... Look, I'll be, I always felt like the Storm were going to win, but, um, you know, I think the Titans fans, it, it, it gave them a lot of entertainment and a lot of hope that game. There were a lot yeah. of times throughout that game where they probably thought 
that uh, you know it was worth a watch. Graham, I, I, it was a good game, but I don't know how much hope it gave the Titans fans. Um, Melbourne were down on strength. The Titans were good in the first half, and their second half defence was pathetic. Um, I was very disappointed with their second half. Um, they had the winning of that game uh, within their grasp. They're fighting for a, a top eight spot, and just the defence out wide We'll get to their game a little bit later on. I noticed one of the uh, one of the guys out on their right edge or the right flank, Maju's being dropped. Um, Patrick Herbert must be the world's best attacking player if he keeps his spot after what he did in defence last week. And Fifita again in defence, he he doesn't realise that that's half for the game. Uh, yeah, Griffin. Yeah, I, I just want to. I just want to ask you. Um, did you take your happy pills today? Because I think the word pathetic is being kind. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to. It was. It was. It was a joke. It <laughs> really was. It was. You got you your know, season you, on the line, really. You know, hundred percent. And at the end of the day, I, I changed my joker based on the fact that I didn't think I had no faith in the Titans, and and when I look at the position that they were in. They had every opportunity. And they've squandered that all year. I think back when they played the Roosters, it was the same thing. They just squander it. They they, they treat defence like it's some sort of piss tape. They really do. Like, I'll, I'll be interested it's, it's, to see. It's, it's, it's a joke to them. Like, Fafida can score a try and he's pumped chest and everything. And then bloody the world's smallest rugby league player runs at him and he goes to water. Like, be, thank I'll, God my team didn't buy. I'll be interested to see um, what you guys think about the Titans. Uh, we're going to talk about them a fair bit later on because they are playing Thursday night football this week against the Knights. So, you know, that, that that's one that tipsters, I think, will be really keen to hear your thoughts, fellas, because I think people might be a bit divided as to whether or not they can get the job done over the Knights. I think the, the talking point here before I move on, I just... It'd be remiss of me not to mention the Melbourne Storm here. Griffo, you mentioned they're down on troops. Um, the main thing that stood out for me in this game is the importance of their number seven. Uh, I think if anyone had any questions about the impact that Jerome Hughes has on this team, those questions have been answered because he is massive for this team. And uh, I think also Sharks fans were very curious to see Nico Hines play at halfback the other night. And um, look, I I think he, I think he struggled. I think it was a big challenge for him. It's not his natural position. Um, his natural position's fullback. Um, six he can handle, I think, as well. I think he, he'd handle anywhere in the. You know, two to five, he'd do a job there. But his best spot, as we've seen, is fullback. And I don't think he's going to play there at the Sharks because they've got a really good fullback in Will Kennedy. So, yeah. Talk is um, the, they've signed him as a half. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. I, I, I was impressed by Metcalf last week. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk a bit more mm. about the Sharks later. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on the importance of Jerome Hughes to the Melbourne Storm. Um, that was maybe 
he might have missed one other game this year. If he did, it was just one. Um, but they were able to maintain huge wins, even though a lot of other players like Papenhausen and Monster might have been out. Um, Hughes was the guy most instrumental, along with Nico Hines, in a lot of those big scores where some of the other, I guess, uh, stars that we hear for about those guys were missing, but Hughes and uh, and Nico Hines were able to get the job done. Um, but, you know, in saying that, they did get the job done last week eventually. Um, but I think a large part of that was the attitude of the, of the Gold Coast Titans to be able to tackle out on the right-hand side. Well, I'd, just to... Like to, I'd just like to apologise for my outburst to the to the Gold Coast Titans, you know. I, I, think, I think I've got to be uh, a bit more honest about their summation. They've got the Charles Bonnet syndrome. Uh, for our listeners, that's where you hallucinate. You think you see things. Uh, that happened with their arachnophobia. They're seeing the spiders all over the opposition and just don't want to touch them. So my apologies to the uh, Gold Coast Titans. Uh, it's, 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 it's more an issue than, than the fact that they just don't want to tackle because they can't be stuffed. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll leave it a bit later, but I'll be interested to hear his thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you reckon? <laughs> Look, it'll be interesting to see well, what you guys say later in the view this and the, uh, uh, the preview this week. Moving on is... to the Friday night games, uh, and the apologies other... to to West Tigers who we call Muriel because after watching the the Titans, maybe they deserve. But then we haven't got to the ti- Tigers yet, have we? Well, the Tigers no. were worse than the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. That's what made me think about it. I, yeah. I didn't call them Muriel last week, but I tell you what, she's back. Yeah. Uh, she's bad. Send yeah, the dress off to the dry cleaners because um, the talk about Adam Dewey he and his knee is not good. So there's definitely something to think about. Uh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Um, all right. So Friday night we had um, the Raiders take on the Seagulls. Uh, Manly continuing with their winning ways. Uh, they weren't turbocharged the other night. So. Um, you guys, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, uh, yeah, it's probably more in tune with what the other fellas were saying as opposed to what I said. I took the punt and said that Turbo would play. That didn't happen. They didn't uh, end up dusting them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 19-18. They got the job done there. So another win for Manly. Yeah, we thought you were going to go... You were gonna, you're saying... Um... You know, you've got a different point of view to us. <laughs> I was going right. out on a you're limb. You're going to come out and tip the yeah. Raiders, and then yeah. you say, no, I'm going to tip Manly Look, as the joker. They're going to win massive. Well, they was, did. They, they won. They oh. won. Look, uh, the, look, and it's not the worst pick I've had this year for the margin. I have had weeks where I've uh, selected the margin, and the, my team's gotten uh, got beaten convincingly. So I'll take the one point. I'm well and truly out of the running, I think, in that competition in our local tipping comp, so I've got to go out on a limb. Um, moving on to the second game Friday. This was the one that we were looking forward to. It was a big game. To be honest with you, I, I think it was a great game, and it, and it lived up to a lot of the hype. And the Panthers showed why they're genuine contenders this year and why they deserve to be second on the ladder, defeating the Rabbitohs 25-12. We had 25 unanswered points in uh in this one i know we're going to talk about these teams as we do um 
throughout the podcast and preview what's going on next week. But I think given the magnitude of the game, fellas, we might have a quick chat about it now whilst we're going through last week's scores. I might throw to you, Griffo, um, as the um, well as the fan of the team that got the chocolates. No pun intended for the chocolate oh, soldiers there. Very good. But um, look, from from your point of view, how how did that um, stack up in regards to some of the wins that Penrith have had this year? What did you think of the Penrith team um, coming out of that game? How how confident are you feeling going into the finals, where you're most likely having to play South Sydney in week one? Yeah, look, I thought uh, South were very, very good. Uh, they came out of the blocks well. They had Penrith right under the pump. Um, got to a 12-0 lead. And, you know, when Souths get out to a lead, they don't get run down. Um, and... There's really only two teams capable of doing that. And they are the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm. Against most teams, when Souths get out to a lead, they rack up a big score. We talked last week that Souths had broken a record uh, by scoring more than 30 points. I think it was eight times in a row uh, before that game. Never being done in the history of the New South Wales Rugby League or the NRL. So no other team had ever done that. So when you think this team gets out to a 12-0 lead and they were pretty much on fire, um, you know, I'm thinking uh, we're in a bit of trouble here. Um, But to Penrith's credit, they were able to turn that around. Um, They were able to just... You know, not quite wrestle the momentum away from South, but they were able to come up with uh, a couple of really good tries um, that got them back in the game on the scoreboard. Uh, and static going at half time, just 12 10 down. Um, because it looked like it could have been a big, uh, a big score for South in the first half. Um, but through some uh, some Nathan Cleary uh, and Paul Momorowski and Stephen Crichton uh, brilliance, they were able to come up with a couple of tries, uh, and that gone back in the game. Um, and not just on the scoreboard, but uh, they turned that momentum around. Now, they dominated the second half, um, and I know that uh, there are many out there who believe it was only uh, possible because of uh, the way the whistle went. I'm not going to lie. I believe Penrith did get the rub of the green. We don't normally, uh, well, as a Penrith supporter, I don't say that too often. But um, I do believe that they were the better side overall. And Souths didn't score. Once they hit 12, and that was relatively early in the game, they didn't score again. Now, yep, I know there's a lot of South supporters out there. 
on the social media who were blowing up at the referee and and whatnot. This and then yeah, there were some some calls that no doubt didn't go South's way. I'm not going to dispute that. That'd be that'd be wrong to say so. But at the end of the day, the better team won the game. And while they didn't put on a huge score, the Panthers, they did control that second half. Most of the second half was played down on the South's line. To South's credit, they only let two tries in. And I know, again, there's some controversy over those. But Penrith controlled the game. uh, And they were able to do something that most NRL teams haven't been able to do. And that was to control South Sydney's attack. Um, So... Yes, I was. I was really to, to answer your question. I was really yeah. pleased. Um, not that just Penrith won the game, but I was pleased with the way that they would have been able to build confidence um, for the big games ahead. Now, Nathan Cleary has, as everyone knows, a potentially season-ending shoulder injury. He's not playing with that. In uh, in the back of his mind, he's just giving it a hundred percent, and you know I'll talk a bit more about him later on. But um, Penrith would have got a lot of confidence out of that. I don't think South's confidence will be too badly dinted because they'll know that yeah, you know they got some tough calls, um, and that they they defended pretty well. To, to be fair to South, because Penrith did have a lot of ball. Um, so they'll think, well, you know, okay, things went against us. We were able to, you know, for most of the game, uh, stand up. Uh, but it did appear that when some of their key players were put under pressure, um, which they haven't been put under pressure by the majority of teams in the NRL, that they may be, you know, they're fantastic front runners. We've seen that. Um, and they, they, they'll know they can beat Penrith. I don't doubt they can beat Penrith. But at the moment, they're not beating them. Um, and they may, they may beat them in the first, first semifinal. They've got the ability there to do it. Um, but they are going to have to those key players that just decimate every other opposition again, except for the, for the storm and the Panthers, they've got to step up and they've got to uh, be able to do the things that they do um, under the pressure that's put on them by, by the storm, by the Panthers. If they're going to win this comp, they have to beat both those sides. I would wager Um, at this stage, you'd have to say they're probably not, going to beat both Penrith and the Storm to take uh, to take the title. But they are capable of it at their best. Um, so I don't think South will be uh, too disappointed, certainly with their performance. Uh, Penrith will gain plenty of confidence. Pangai got his first game in, uh, in the Panthers' colours. So um, that's going to be a bonus. 
Penrith were without their main, their two main meter men in uh, James Fisher Harris in the forwards and Brian Toto on the wing. So you'd think Penrith's only going to get stronger. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be a, it's going to be an absolutely brilliant game come uh, week one of the finals. Either team can win, in my mm. opinion. Uh, but uh, you'd think probably Penrith are going to get a bit more confidence out of that game. But um, by no means do I write off the Rabbitohs. Yeah, you, you mentioned there that, um, you know, it was, it was a really good game. We're looking forward to the finals. I just want to get your thoughts, Shano. Um, just, you know, obviously looking at the, uh, the other side of the coin there a little bit. We've got Griffo there who's, um, who's said that Penrith have got the rub of the green. It's probably fair to say... And I know, in your opinion, despite the fact that Penrith got the rub of the green, they still deserve to win that game. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I, you know, I, I've openly said to a lot of people this week, I thought that Penrith in that second half really were the better side. Um, I suppose my initial frustrations lie in the fact I didn't think Josh Mansell would have gotten the run. He did. Um, oh, you're calling last week. You thought Tane Mill might get that. that yeah, I thought... Look, the two spots I thought... There should have been filled as Tane Milne and um, Sua instead of Benji. Um, Tane Milne should have filled that spot, and that's become apparent now. Um, he was found wanting. The, the only frustration I've got when we talk about the referee, there's a few things um, that he called, that Grant called, where I thought, you know what? You know, when you look at when you look at the when you look at it, you're right. You know, as a rugby league fan, but every week they're always called the other way. The one thing I thought where he called Mansour offside in the first half where the kick was put out wide to him, it was him and Daylight. He was going to run through and score the try. He was called offside. He wasn't offside. Um, and that's where Mansour should have ran through and got the ball. And we saw it in the second half where Mansour, a kick was put through to him and he jogged. And it's like, you've got to get on your bike, son. And we've seen a bit of that of him this year. Um, when Benji come on, I thought that, you know, we really didn't need someone else in the halves. Um, Damien Cook did 56 tackles with an exceptional tackle efficiency. We needed someone in a dummy half. If, 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 if he was going to come on, start getting a dummy half and go for some runs, do some darting out. Um, he, look, Damien Cook was probing. The problem was he was doing a lot of tackling. Um, and that's, you know, that's Penrith. They, they target him in defence, not because he's a bad defender, but because once you get him tight, he can't attack. Um, you know, to, to say that there were some questionable calls, I don't think they were questionable. I just don't think they were in line with the with what have been called throughout the year. The obstruction call, for example, that's been called obstruction every time this year. That's the first Penrith try in the second what, half where he yeah, caught and, it on the inside edge. And, and, and you know what? What changed in this game? Um, I personally agree with the call. You know, he caught the ball. He's then got no, – it wasn't impeded. Look, the the, the defence was not is, impeded, but no, by the letter of the law – 100%. 100 by the letter of the law, is it a try? No, it's not. No, it's not. And that's what I'm saying is that there are teams this year – Yeah, but other have, times they use the rule book by the letter of the law. Yeah, and that's the problem. There are teams this year that have missed out on wins because of that call. Yeah. Now, that's the thing I've got. That's the problem I've got is that – did the better side win? Yeah, yeah, of course they won. Yeah, in the yeah. second half, they were the better side. Look, you know, 
my my thing is, you know, people talking about the Ford pass to Cleary. Well, whether it was Ford or not, that's what the people on the uh, field need to decide. Like, needs of Ford passes get let go everywhere. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like I'm not going to start. You know, they've got technology to 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 pick up Ford passes, and they they refuse to use it. So the NRL are just, you know, idiots for not using it. But anyway, the yes. the key thing I've got is there were some. Calls okay. Downtown rule exists. It, yeah, the problem is I'm 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 a student of '90s football. I remember the downtown rule vividly back then. You know, it was used in its full full thing. If he you know if he doesn't drop the ball, it's fine. The biggest that's problem the problem. Is, Call it every yeah. week, and the issue is yeah, he's the, they the just one, play on. If Penrith don't knock it on, they yeah. play that on. So if Penrith other, knock other, on actually, turns in into a penalty fact, down the in, down the track actual, for two points. It, in actual fact, what the, what the funny thing is, is that the actual rules got changed where the downtown rule only exists if the, if the original offence doesn't... Uh, hang on, I've got to get this right because I don't want to sound wrong. The downtown rule only exists if the original offence doesn't um, negate the original... Or if, hang on. Yeah, if it doesn't negate the original... Um, infringement so the original infringement was that penrith knocked the ball on but south sydney killed the ball now there's a sort of a sub clause which actually says that the original offense was that if the ball was thrown forward what south sydney should have done was just left it just not touch it I know. I know. Ninety-nine times rule. out of a hundred. No, it's a crap. You know what? It's the same. I'm not, it's the I'm, same I'm, this isn't one I've got an same, issue with. The same. Rule, I'll tell you what, Shane. Rule. Let's let's bring some ones up that, that the fans have sent in this week. Because I'll be honest with you, and, and the fans yeah. can write in and say Graham's a salty rabbito. I'm going to say it right now. Penrith deserved to win that game, but when you have okay, let's talk about the Jerome Luai need to Josh Mansour's head. Ninety-nine out of a hundred times. That's a penalty. Accidental or not. It's been a penalty all year. Can we all agree on that? There did seem to be a head that connected with a knee. Yes. So short of giving Mansour a week of head-butting Josh, uh, Jerome Luai's knee, that's a penalty. The bunker looked at that. The bunker bunker looked at that and had no problem, but we're picking up on this piddly bullshit downtown stuff. This is where rugby league fans get the shits because... This is the thing that really gets us fired up. You, you know I'll give what, you another you know, one. Jerome Luai <laughs> connects with the knee. The, it's accidental. There's no issue. Then I you get Keon Kaloma Tungi, accidental, two weeks. Can I go back to the knee for a tick? It's a stitch up. The, the, NRL, need to, to the up? NRL need to draw a line in the sand. If a guy's falling and an accidental arm hits someone in the head, people can see sideline action for that. But yet, you, knees, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about it. Yeah, yeah. There was a flagler got sent off. Yeah, you've got to start saying that, hang you've got on. You've the bin, flagler. Uh, yeah. Turn the bin, I should say. Shane was calling for send-off. Yeah, oh, someone was. was. Know, you were, sorry. And, Griffo was. And the thing is, if you're... Why is it when your arm makes... Why is the arm got far more control than the leg? And that was... Do you remember when Greg Bird needed the... I think it was actually South Sydney guy in the head. Shane actually Martini said, got needed. That was Bird actually said that. Yeah, that's different. Said that. He said, no, but what he said was, and what the defence was, 
how can you assume that what I do is actually intent? And the problem is this. What they're saying is anything to do with your arms is intent, but anything to do with the legs is accidental. Then how now, come you can call if a guy intentionally kicked a ball to look at a try? This is I, lost I the plot. Agree. And this is what I this is what I'm saying. That should have been a penalty. I agree with you. The crusher tackle the biggest the, one. He may be advantage, you know. Yeah, maybe. It yeah. was the self's advantage to get Munsell replaced. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I, I, I agree with that. The other the other problem with the the the, the situation with the crusher tackle is, is not is Keon Kalama telling you he's missing two weeks? Well, it's not isolated to this for game. Grade because, one, that's a base charge. Two weeks. Yeah, I know, I know, and and that's and that's an issue with the judiciary. And you know what? How many times have we agreed with the judiciary on this podcast? The biggest yeah. problem is this: when a player backs into a and now okay, when a player backs into someone else, it should be called held immediately. They don't do it because they're talking yeah, about four safety call now. A safety call should be held instantly. If you want to back into a player, you call help. The problem is this. Defences are coached to hold the player up because that gets your team on side. The thing is, no matter how strong you are, you're holding up a 110-kilo sack of potatoes. The minute that sack of potatoes falls, your body is naturally going to fall over the front of the player, which causes the crusher tackle. No player intentionally does a crusher tackle unless you're a grub, in which case, you know, yeah. the bad old days of return. They, they have. The They're all accidents. This is, the problem with Colin Matungis is, is that all of them are accidents. The problem is the NRL have lost their head because they don't get it. They don't get the players are trying to hold them up. The way to finish it, is call Hill. It was the same with the cannonball tackle. The yeah. way to stop the cannonball tackle wasn't to ban it, was to say, you're held. Once you, if you're trying to stay on your feet and the ball's wrapped up, you're held. And we're call held. The problem is no, re every referee has the balls to call a downtown. Every referee has the ball. No, Grant does. It's the, the only one that knows the, the bloody, ball. oh, the bunker knows the rule. Oh, the bunker knows it. The referees have the, the referees will call these obscure things now and then. That your nuts and bolts is to call help. Because when you call, do you know why a referee calls help? There's only one reason why a referee calls help and the, why the help calls in existence. It's in the safety of the players on the field. Can I ask you? Otherwise, just a, we play rugby. Just ask you a quick question. And that, that's if why. You're, if you're, and I know this is huge hypothetical, and I know you've got to remove half of your brain to even uh, think like this. If you're the advocate for the referees and you're explaining why Jerome Luai was not penalised for that um, incident, what would you say? Footballing accident. Okay. And Kaloma Tungies was intentional? No. So they're both accidents? The problem is... One so why is one guy... Why is, hang on. So let yeah, me... Let me I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can I'll answer your question. I'll answer yeah. the question because you want is asked. You asked it. I'll answer it. Yeah. Colomatangi was trying to hold him up. So the problem was Colomatangi's actions in holding the player up actually led 
to the crusher tackle oh, being affected. I, I actually that that's and you know what I don't I don't agree with it. It went you know I'll be honest with you. Do you want me to give you do you want me to give you an honest opinion? Long term damage from a physiological yeah, point of view. Yeah, of course, of course. It's going to go knee to, to the head is going yeah. to have more impact yeah. than pressure 100%. on the back of the neck. 100%. And look, if we're talking about safety, that's a question we've got to ask because to be honest with you, the inconsistency is frustrating. And look, I, I just, you know, look, the other thing, there's a few there's a few things here that I was going to bring up. Obviously, this is where we've got to look at it. And the whole point that I'm making is when referees, whether it be on the field, whether it be the, um, the video ref, once we start to use words like intent, um, accidental, where we have to get inside the head of the player. And I'm even going back a yeah, couple of weeks. Did he mean to kick it? No. It hit his foot before the ground. It's a kick. Yeah, Did he mean to name the head? Ridiculous. No, yeah. but it's a penalty. The inconsistencies yeah, yeah. in that need to be sorted because we've said that for years. I know, I know. It's just one of those things that needs to get the, sorted out. The key for me, Graham. The key for me is this: when we've been, you know, we, we've well, one been bloke gets two weeks, and another bloke's yeah, a hero. I know, I know. The, the, the key two accidents. Me, the key thing for me is this: when I look, when we look at the referee. I never blame the guy on the field. The guy on the field is just calling it as he sees it. Yeah. You know, like he's got, you know, I take my hat off to him. And I've got so much. They're doing what they're told. They've got split second decisions. It's the guy in the bunker that's got the issue because no, the, guy the, bunker, the guy in the bunker, I know what it's going to be. The guy in the bunker has so many opportunities to look at it. I've seen bunker calls this year where he's told the referee to stop the play because you know they're looking. And, you know, this idea that we can go back and put something – we saw it, it. We've seen it last week. Three times players were put on report for the previous play. Now, where's the penalty there? Now, mm. I think the problem is what the bunker has to understand is, is that isn't that the job of the match review committee? Don't on the field tell me that that's a penalty. I think the problem is the bunker has now scrutinized everything to the point where you either use technology all of the time, and this is Graham Hughes's greatest greatest bugbear, you either use it all of the time or none of the time. If you use it all of the time, then we have to start playing like American football, where you expect stoppages, expect this stuff to happen. Yeah. The human element on the field is not the final straw. The problem with that is, is that you've got stop and start. The thing with the bunker that annoys me is that, okay, we're not using it all the time. We're not using it some of the time. We're somewhere in between. And yet we've got technology to detect things like forward passes, to detect offsides. We've got linear technology and they're not using it. I think, I think the bunker has just become a big brother for the referees, but at the guy on the field's detriment. It really has. The guy, the bunker should be the most consistent thing in rugby league. And yet, the majority of inconsistencies come out of the bunker. We used to blame the match review committee. It's now become the bunker. The bunker is a sea of inconsistencies. Just before I wrap this one up, like obviously, you know, as you can hear, I'm a bit fired up because, you know, and look, I'm going to be 100% honest with you here. Penrith deserved to win the game. I'm going to put it this way. 
South Sydney give away the least amount of penalties in the NRL. They average around three each each week. Okay, they're 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 right up there. The reason South Sydney lost this game, you know, from their point of view, what they've got to sort out is they can't be on the um the losing end of eleven two penalty count. So for South it'll be interesting because you know the things that people will say they've got to go back to training and clean up. For 23 weeks, they've been the best at. So they need to hold their head. If they go into any game and lose a penalty count 11-2 based on their um, their actions, uh, then you know, you're going to find it hard to, to win a game. So I'd love to see them clean up that penalty count. Just before we move on, because we're only you know in the infancy of this podcast, we're just going through the last week's games, what do we think about the whole idea of this accidental versus intentional type of thing in rugby league? Because over the past, over this season, there are instances where players like Cleary, Luai, Munster have had instances where they've been fined. Um, we've seen Munster be fined for things like, and I'm not singling him out, I'm just thinking of examples, things like, you know, kicking a player getting fined. Uh, there was the, you know, Cleary braced himself. There was the shoulder charge the other day. He got fined for that. And no, then no, something no, we... No, he didn't get fined for that, Graham. He didn't even get charged. No, what did he get fined no, for? No, he got fined for uh, uh, attacking the kicker after... That's right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the shoulder charge didn't even raise an eyebrow. What I'm basically... Sorry, I'll take that example out. Let's look at, you know, ones where we've got players like Munster. We'll use, for example, you know... Had a couple of times there where he made contact with the player with the foot. And then we've got these things that we're deeming accidental. Are we looking too much into it, Griffo, by saying that some things are accidental, some things are intentional? Should it just be it happened and you have a penalty? Where do you sit on that one? Uh, Some things are intentional. Like... If you lash out with your boot and you contact someone, it's not really an accident. You don't allow boot. That's, that's an intentional action to lash out like Monster's done a few times. Um, you're lashing out for whatever reason, whereas take uh, you know these most of these crusher tackles for the reasons that you went into earlier, mm. most of them are accidental, if not all of them. I'd, I'd say, you know, maybe in the past we have seen some that actually were not accidental, but I don't think we've seen many at all. Um, so just getting back to the monster case, you know, he was really, in my opinion, he was really lucky to cop a fine the first time. I couldn't understand when he'd already copped a fine for something and he does it again that he gets another fine mm. he should have went well I think he should have went did a week for the first one but then when you've already actually done something and then you do it again he should have went should, um, should fines have carryover points because like for something like that where you go look it wasn't a suspension and then you've got these other people who are on the edge of a one to two week and they're getting these carryover points. 
Yeah. I, I feel look, like, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the whole carryover points thing is stupid anyway. But because we have this this system where we get carryover points for some things and not others, since the fines have been brought in, they, they were hoping that this was going to please the fans in the sense that players aren't out and there's a consequence. But all it's done is created uh, an unfair playing field. There's no it's perfect system. But you the know one what? we've got certainly not perfect. And I, I don't want to bore the listeners with, you know, the judiciary um, and the match review committee because we've we've been over and over it. We haven't solved it. And they make a lot of mistakes, in my opinion. Um, and I think we just move on. I've got one thing to say on that because I somewhat disagree with that. I actually think that it proves that a indiscretion can be bought. Therefore, if a minor indiscretion can be bought, why can't a major one? If my guy is going to miss a grand Name final, why can't I pay ten grand or fifteen grand to get him back on the field? And what money value equals one I match? Hate, I hate it. No money value should be exchanged for this. It's all worth carryover points. If you can pay a fifteen hundred dollar fine, why can't I pay a fifty thousand dollar fine to get my player on the field? It and shows that indiscretions can be bought. It shows that it's a corrupt system and it shouldn't have existed. It's a blight on our game. It needs to stop because it means that everything can be bought. And if I can't buy my player when I want to, yet I can buy a fifteen hundred dollar fine for something else that seems to be in the, seems to be minuscule. It's a joke. Yeah, and we know that a hundred. That. That's, not bad, I, that's not a bad point you bring no, up. We, it's, it's, we it's know. I, you know what? If it, why not? If I can, if I yeah. want to play on the field, fifteen hundred dollars gets him there next week. Why doesn't fifty grand get him in the grand final? It's a joke. We know one hundred points equals one match. What's the? At but what you're point, right, Griff. We have babbled about it so often. Oh, but at what point? At what? What's the monetary value on that? At what point? Yeah, you know, hundred points. If you've got hundred and ninety points, you're effectively getting two matches because the next time you sneeze, you're getting one. The monetary value doesn't add up. Anyway, we've gone on a tangent. We've gone well off track. Basically, I think in a nutshell, um, we want consistency from the referees. Penrith were the better team on Friday night. If South clean up their penalty count. They are in contention when they play the oh, Panthers again. They're in contention. Of course they're in contention. They're a yeah, quality It was star. an outliner. There's an outlier. For a team, they didn't give away any six agains. They gave away 11 penalties. That's odd in itself. Read into it what you want. I'm as... I'm... Yeah, I've been labelled by my mates the salty South Sydney fan this week. And even I'll admit, uh, Penrith handled the big game better. Our halves were great early on. But uh, the cream, as I often say, did rise to the top. And I think that uh, Melbourne, had the favourites in the Penrith Panthers, really deserve to be the next team in line for that moniker. All right, so moving on. Um, we had a lot of points scored on Saturday at Rockhampton. Jeez, the fans at Rocky, for their uh, their only opportunity to see NRL football, they really got some tries. Uh, the Sharks scored most of them. They ran out 50 points to 20 winners over the West Tigers, uh, moving on through Saturday's game. Uh, the Newcastle Knights, their fans, I think, would be hoping that this scoreline was a bit more, or the margin was a bit more than six points. They got 22 to 16. So was I, Graham. Did you have, you had the... My joker. 
Yeah, wow. So uh, they six played like there. a bit of a jog to let the Bulldogs get the last couple of tries. I'll tell you what, though, it wasn't important win, Griffo. It gives them a four-point oh, buffer the to the points. Sharks. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was really important, and that could well be the game, believe it or not, uh, to, to seal a final spot for them. But I think it's... so. I can't see them missing out from being four points in front with two rounds to play, even though they're, they've got a bad four and against. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, pretty secure in the eight. Yeah, no, nah, fair call. And it is exciting for Knights fans. Uh, it's exciting any time that your team is uh, finals contenders and makes the finals. Uh, another team that we know will be in the finals is the Parramatta Eels. They got the job done at the Gold Coast over the Cowboys, 32 points to 16. Uh, the Roosters, they're, they're the sleeper for me. I don't think you want to write them off. They scored 40 points the other day. It was against the Dragons. Um, I think the Roosters fans will be more concerned about the 22 they let in, though. But uh, the fans of Toowoomba were happy to see a lot of points scored in that 40-22 to 22 win. And the game... I, I, was, I was in, Sorry, Graham. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say how impressed I was um, with the fact that it was a packed... Clive Bornhofer, Bornhofer, whatever he's, I'm sorry, my apologies to, to, to Clive. Clive, the bread maker. Um, but uh, at the Hoff Stadium, it was packed. And, you know, out of all this COVID crap, um, as far as the NRL goes, the big plus yeah. for me has been the fact that these regional centres in Queensland those fans who ordinarily would not get to see the NRL being played live, uh, they're getting that opportunity. So I was, uh, I was really impressed to look at, at, you know, I don't know how many it fitted, whether it was seven or 8,000 at, at, uh, at uh, the Hoff Stadium there, all went home, of course, with their, their free loaf of bread. Um, that, was, that was something that I, you know, brought, some some warmth to my heart. I think, well, you know, there's so much shit going on because um, of this COVID. But you know, there were there were seven to eight thousand men, women, and children who got an opportunity to see their heroes play, and I thought that was fantastic. Likewise, at uh, Rockhampton. Those mm. poor guys, of course, they missed out up there a few weeks ago. Yeah, and South, you know, we're up today. We're up, up there, and yeah, and then and you saw those those poor people who who um, you know got there early and were told, "Sorry, game's off." You know, how would that have felt? Yeah, especially for those you know might have travelled a bit to get there. Yeah. I really felt for those guys, and I I hope you know that that they they got free free ticket to uh to see you know um admittedly probably not as good to quality teams that <laughs> but uh, but still um the Look, NRL. Footy. those areas they cry for footy i know areas yeah. like toowoomba rocky um i know mckay's got a game this week that those especially that central queensland area they are crying out for a rugby league team um, and I know people personally that live in those areas that know that they can sustain one, and they are bigger well, centres than some of the areas in Sydney we had, teams. But geez, in our in our first right. week, in our first year of the podcast, Greg, I remember we were talking about um, 
regions that need a rugby league NRL side. And, and we were we were sort of at you know, we, we sort of spoke about Perth and we spoke about Brisbane, but we were very hell bent that that region of Central Queensland, Queensland. Nuts needs, for footy, mate. needs an NRL side. Yeah. Yep. They've look, got enough juniors. They've got enough juniors to sustain it. They do. They do. And and yeah, look, and that's that's another story for another day, and we know how we feel about that. The last game of the week was the Broncos getting over the Warriors 24-22. Thank God that one came through because my tips would have been absolutely ruined um, if that one didn't happen. So, um, yeah, some really good games last week. If we look at the ladder, I'm not going to dwell too much on the ladder. It's very similar. We've talked about it as we go through. The Storm are out on front. In front on 42, Penrith now 40, South 38. That's your 1, 2, 3, and you'd imagine that's the way they're going to finish. The teams in contention for the top four still are the Roosters on 32 in fourth, Seagulls on 30, Eels also on 30. They've got a tough run home, so um, Eels fans, they've got a fair bit of uh, work to do, but still in contention all uh, just as much as the other two teams. There's a bit of a gap there to the Knights in 7th who are on 24. The Sharks are on 20. The Titans are also on 20, as are the Raiders. The only thing keeping those two teams out of the top eight is for and against. And to be honest with you guys, the for and against between the Sharks, Titans and Raiders is close enough that that could shuffle over the next few weeks. We then have the Warriors in 11th on 18, the Dragons in 12th on 18, and the Tigers in 13th. On 18. So as much as you know, you guys want to want to talk about the Tigers and the struggles they've got. For Tigers fans, you should be excited because you're only two points out of the eight with two rounds to go. Not a bad spot to be in. The teams that can't make the eight anymore are the Broncos, who have now moved up to 14th spot. Cowboys are now in 15th, and the Bulldogs in 16th. They're on six points, and they will finish in the last position. Well, there's a lot to digest there, guys. And I'll tell you what, speaking of digesting information, uh, usually the guy that's got all of the information and uh, everything you want to hear is Shano. So we might head over to him for Shano's tidbits. All right, Shano, what have you got for us this week, buddy? Uh, yeah, Graham, thanks a lot, mate. Um, uh, look, not a lot. Uh, I'm going to start with as the way he as the way he seems like his season is over. Um, ACL. It seems like that uh, he will not play again this year, which is a bit of a blow for the Tigers. He's he's really been their number one player. For him not to be there, um, it, it it really causes um, a bit of an issue there. And you know, um, someone I know uh, put quite a funny post on on uh, Facebook this week where, you know, talking about the Tigers and, yeah, saying that, you know, there won't be one last episode of Tiger Town. Um, definitely not. It looks like that Adam Dewey, he's out. And, um, yeah, that's 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 all she wrote for that. And when you think about that, that's probably the Tigers. Um, any silver lining they had running out at the end of the season um, would be dashed. Uh, George Burgess, who's signed with the uh, Dragons for next year, had an interesting um, altercation. He's being investigated for a road rage incident where he apparently grabbed a phone and threw it on the road. So he's um, 
it's actually caught the eye of the match review, match review committee. I've got them on the head. <laughs> Sorry, the NRL integrity unit. So to cop a fine or get points from the MRC. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> That's it. Um, just, yeah. Just, <laughs> Although, mind you, he, he's got enough money if he, need, if he needs it. Um, so, yeah, so he's being investigated for a road rage incident. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's sort of been – it's interesting that he signed with the Dragons next year and all of a sudden there seems to be a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, before it begins – um, the NRL um, have announced this week uh, the 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 draw and where 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 games are going to be played as of next week. Um, they're in a holding pattern. They're in the negotiation for the finals. Um, there's a lot of talk on what they need to do. Their biggest concern, and I suppose look, their biggest concern is they they understand that if if this situation continues. It does mean Suncorp will have a lot of games played on its surface, and they're very they're very conscious of that. Um, so you might see some games uh, played in in areas where you're like, well, why don't we just play all four finals games at, at, at Suncorp? Um, that's great in theory, but in practice, they're worried about the longevity. They basically are thinking about the end in mind, so they're looking at the grand final, working backwards. Um, so if you're perplexed by uh, the location of some of the games, it's only because they're really worried about the load on the ground at Suncorp. So there's a there's a bit of an issue there. Um, there's a bit of an issue there, and, and um, uh, at what's happening, uh, guys. Uh, just a few things I'm hearing out out uh, in the underground. Um, Trent Barrett. <laughs> what are we talking about him? I'll let you know. Uh, basically, Gee, that was um, a bit of a slap in the face, Shana. Trent Barrett. <laughs> Why are we talking about him? Because um, un, uh, there's a bit of information has emerged that um, he's already been told that next season um, he needs eight weeks of significant improvement. Um, and also, the Tigers apparently in backroom talks are happy. Um, to let Maguire go if that's required. Um, that's and that's the thing. So there's some back there's some backroom conversations there. Uh, I think there might be the, a few clubs do have a shuffling of the decks of minor um, of minor uh, of, I shouldn't say minor coaching roles, but you know what I mean uh, of assistants to the coach assistant coaches. Um, there are a few teams who have put everything on notice. So um, uh, that includes teams like the Broncos, who have basically said, you know, and and who have basically said that if we uh, can't if we can't um, see results in the first eight weeks, we will we will renegotiate of what's happening. Um, yeah. So there's the tidbits. I, I think it's interesting. I, already we haven't finished around haven't finished the year yet and there's certain clubs whose coaches are on notice before the off season which i don't think is a bad thing but um yeah it 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 it, it will keep certain players honest i think yeah playing going I, on i think shane um just to that point mm. those coaches should be on notice 
They should be. Right, 100%. There's, there's been a number of teams who've been awful this 100%, year. 100%. I agree. Um, much was expected of the Bulldogs this year. They've won two games. Yep. No one at the start of the year thought, okay, this team, you know, everyone I, thought, I thought, okay, well, last year they I won three they games. They're going to be better this improved. year. They're going backwards. Well, um, look, another another little thing I've heard about Trent Barrett is basically he's been asked by the dogs to put every um, every one of his staff he has to evaluate and prove to the board exactly what their role is if if he's not the problem. So I think he's being asked some significant questions um, in regards to his coaching. So the, the blowtorch is on because they're not happy. And then you know what? They I shouldn't be. It. They shouldn't be because I, I think back to certain clubs like, okay, I'm a South Sydney fan. I think back to when South Sydney – were at their darkest, and they were horrible. I remember, one year, I remember one year they won three games all year. The dogs have the dogs will have to win two games to better that. And Russell Crowe still gave that. everyone champagne after we beat. And the, they're not uh, going. Yeah, well, remember that's that? Because, <laughs> that's because he that's because he started taking over. So yeah, yeah. So, but Walters, yeah. I, I I heard that Kevin Walters has come out this week. And said, uh, you know, uh, asking for the Broncos to back him and extend his contract. Well, that would be bad business. I mean, yes, the club has improved. They've gone from 16th to currently, I think, they're 14th. They've won maybe six games, five or six games. They've still been awful. And he wants to... I'm sure he wants a contract extension. If I was a Broncos supporter or if I was a Broncos management, I'd say, hang on, you know. um, Yeah, they're winning a few games at the moment. They're they're looking better. But they were awful at the start of the year. They were getting pumped. I'd I'd not be extending his contract. I'd be saying to him, well, okay, we'll look at it two months down the track next year. If we're in a good position, um, then we'll 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 talk about extension, but I don't I don't think he deserves an extension based on what they've done this year at all. Um, it, it, it's funny. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk around the thirty year player, the thirty year old player in the one year contract. I think there's some merit to the fact that if you want to be an NRL, if you want to be an NRL, um, ref, uh, sorry, an NRL coach. We're going to offer you one year. You've got 12 months. And within that 12 months, what can you do? And if by round 16, we're more than happy with what you've instilled, well, then we'll, we'll, we'll increase your contract. Like people like, now there's people who have like, like Cleary. He's earned his stripes. He's done the work. He's a three-year coach. Um, Bennett, you know, for, you know, there's a uh, Bellamy. There, there, there are the three-year coaches around where you go. You know what? Your, your history, Desi. Your, what you've done has proven it. However, there's coaches that they haven't coached an NRL team, or they have and been binned, and yet they get three-year contracts. 
I, I just don't get it. And they're the only person who's not on the cap, so they get three years big money. I think I think if if we're going to be hard on the player that's 30 years old and start saying, oh, you're getting a one-year contract, well, maybe we start need, need to start being hard on the coach and start saying, mate, you've got 15 rounds to prove yourself. You don't prove yourself, we're going to the market again. I think Todd Payton's got to come on to some scrutiny. That team's lost 10 games in a row. I agree. They're awful. That's a fair call. And I, I, and I know, you know, they're up in Townsville. We, we probably, in the I, Sydney media, don't focus on them too nah. much. But they've not been under the scrutiny that the West Tigers no. and the Parramatta Eels have he, been in recent weeks. And you know what? He walked into a toxic environment and said he could fix it. Mate, Tom Alamo, you, you know... How many times can you bust your hand? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, the guy's pulled a Hartledge. I don't care. I'll say for what it is. It's hard because they've got some, they've got, they they do have some young talent up there, but they just don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, which is really hard for them. I know, you know, it's it's just hard. They don't have decision making. Decision making. I'm looking at a team list for the first. Game, I've got in front of me. Got the number six for the Newcastle Knights, who's going gangbusters at the moment. Jake Clifford. Now that team up in Townsville was yeah. winning games. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they allowed that guy to leave, so they could yeah. bring in. Hidden. Not won a game since Clifford left and didn't no. come in. That is bad management. Who made yep. that decision? Is that the coach? Was it the club? A combination? They've got to look at themselves and say, we absolutely got that wrong, letting Clifford go. At the time they let him go, they were in the top eight. They haven't won a game since. It's got nothing no, to do with true. talent that they've got there or not. No. That's a bad management decision. And, and it's Newcastle, about ripping look in. at them, they're in the top eight. This guy Clifford is going great. You know, it's about and they're bringing in, in towns. They've they paid eight hundred thousand for for three years for for Chad Townsend. Yep, that's that's bad management. It is, and that's and that's what I'm saying, Griff. It's you know, like there are clubs that are suffering because one bad coach made horrible decisions for two or three years. Like at least if you say you got fifteen games, you can minimise the impact. Like, all we want, like for Todd Payton, all he had to do was unify that team. It's a toxic culture. I don't care if you don't win a game all year, but if we can find a unified front, we'll start winning games. People want to play. The management structures that you set in place will go forward. That I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything of what was the Warriors last year in the Cowboys this year. I agree with you wholeheartedly. They had one purple patch where they won six out of eight games. They're the only six games they've won all year. They lost their four first four games. They were awful. And they've lost their last ten. And they don't get too many mentions in the media in here in Sydney. But I don't no. know what the people of Townsville are thinking at the moment. 
Yeah, well, you you wouldn't imagine that they'd be happy about it. You wouldn't imagine that um they'd be too excited about what no, they but, see but, there. Like, but it's the but it's the rhetoric, Ray. You know, I, I'll tell you what they get told. It's a work in progress. Now, this is the default to every coach who just knows he's got three years up his sleeve. Oh, I'm just dealing the cards I've been dealt. This isn't my team. You give me three years and I'll build you a side. I'll tell and you what, though. Years, and at the end of three years, how often do you see a team? Like, okay, I'm going to take one team out of this, and that's the Panthers. Because the Panthers, you tell me how many juniors are playing in that side. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the Panthers. Big, big junior base. That's right. It's very rare that a coach in his first year who totally buggers it says, oh, by the third year we'll be fine, and they are. No, no. Most coaches overachieve in that first year. Like, I think, like you know, we can talk about Maguire. I, know, I remember his first year at South. Them finishing eighth was never going to happen. In the finishing in the four was a pipe dream, and it happened. Now you look at certain you look at certain coaches. How come we can't do it with the Tigers then? Oh, because they're a shambles. <laughs> the big problem. Okay, take 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 people like okay Penrith. If you take um, okay, you yeah, take, but you talk about the junior bases. You we, we we're calling for a team on in that central Queensland area. Those areas like Mackay and up, you've got that's a big stretch of area. If you've yeah. got Mackay up to the to the or even Rockhampton up to the tip of Queensland, that's a big area to draw from and a rugby league heartland. They they should have they should have more young talent coming through these yeah. cowboys. That's that's true. But you look at look at the top six coaches in the NRL. Trent Barrett, okay. Nathan Brown. <laughs> no, but you do. You look at the top six coaches in the NRL. Yeah, I'm taking them. And, and they can take anybody. They can take average players and turn them either into this these icons for the club or Craig into Bellamy. superstars. Yeah. We Rob talked Bellamy. about Jerome. The Craig Bellamy, Jerome Hughes conversation we had earlier is proof of this. And do you know what I think the teams at the top of the league need to worry about? Five or six years is a slippery slippery slope because the 2015 grand final was the Cowboys and Broncos. And, geez, have those teams... They've been on this well, big slide since. Like the Cowboys team from 2015, that's not that long ago. Yeah, and I think some coaches need to be grateful for what they've got rather than chasing something they can't see. Mm. Like no. Seabold, that was a classic Seabold thing. Your mate. My mate. But, <laughs> you know, but, but, in all, but, but in all honesty, you know, like, um, you know, in all honesty, you have to evolve. Good. The, the problem with Maguire is he didn't evolve. He created still, this. He's still teaching coaching, sorry, the, the same way that he was at yeah. Souths. You know, yeah. like where when, he had, big power you know, game. He had the world's the world the best was, board pack. And I tell you now, you forget about that pack. That Ford pack would rival any in history. It was like, I think back to one, look, to me, the best Ford pack was the 2003 Penrith side. That Ford pack was second to none. 
That was brilliant. For skill and agility and awesomeness, that 14 South Sydney side would rival that team. They were just brilliant. Now, mm. the games evolved, but the problem is certain coaches don't evolve with the game. Yeah. Uh, look, and, and you look at it, and if people say, oh, that's a hard thing to do, you've got a style. I know people go, hey, you're a South Sydney fan. Wayne Bennett, I mean, those that were watching him coach in, nine, in the late 80s, you know, even at Canberra, then Brisbane and through, he has been able to evolve with the game. The good coaches do that. Trent Robinson, another one that's done it. Craig Bellamy is a master at being able to adapt and evolve with the game. Well, Everyone said the only reason that Melbourne can win is because of the wrestle. They eliminated the wrestle, and Melbourne is still the team to beat. You know what? Like, with Wayne Bennett, Wayne, with, with, that's right. Wayne Bennett saw that, that all of a sudden there were more drop balls than usual. He said to his Bronco side, we've got the fastest wingers in the league, right? No one's going to stop them. When, when the opposition drop the ball, you spread it wide. I don't care who's in the lineup. You just keep throwing it wide and you get it to our wingers. We're going to score bloody 20-odd tries in the season, half and based off, off drop balls because they had a system. They evolved. They said, big boppers, hit them hard. They drop the ball, and you get the ball wide as quickly as possible. It's about evolving. And the thing is, there's a series of coaches in the NRL who want to play a certain way. And look, I'm not having a dig. I'm not an NRL coach. But also, I do think there's a certain series, there's, a, there's certain coaches who are coaching their side for a game that existed five years ago. You've got to coach. Now, Craig Bellamy coaches his sides for a game that's going to exist two years' time. That's why he's ahead of the game. Uh, Bennett's getting on a bit. I don't know what... what no, I think Cleary's one of these guys who who's ahead of the game. I think Robinson's ahead of the game. I think Des waxes and wanes a bit. It just depends on Des. But you know what? It, it, these, are the, these are the coaches Give, give Des... Give Des a, a Penrith, South or Melbourne squad, he they win the grand Look, final. The biggest problem with Des is, yeah, but when Des needs to pick something from scratch, he's buggered. But in saying that, he got the dogs, he got an underachieving dogs to two grand finals. Yep. No, I reckon Didn't win them, but geez, you know what? As a South fan that's seen my side finish the game before for three years, he got the dogs there twice. Yep. Now, nah, look, it's, it's all about evolution. It's all about moving forward. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest evolutions we had on this podcast, which really propelled us forward, was the introduction of Griffo's Grab. And I'd love to see what he's got this week for Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! All right, Chameleon, what's happening this week? What caught your eye? Okay. Um, I'm going to say straight away, Nathan Cleary. I thought... He was he was fabulous against the Rabbitohs. Um, we've talked about that game at length, obviously, so I won't go into it too much. But Penrith were down twelve nil; they needed something. He throws the Harbour Bridge pass um, over Gagai, got out to um, to the Penrith centre, who gave it on to Momorowski, who went downfield. Put a kick inside, 
Cleary backs up. He's there. They score. Um, in the second half, you know, it was the biggest blitzkrieg since World War II in London. Uh, there was bombs that went up. Um, Mansour would be still having nightmares about that. Luttrell wasn't much better, to be fair. Uh, you know, Mansour's copped all the heat. But, you know, him and Luttrell, they just, there was no communication. Cleary was finding uh, the gap between those two guys. And that kicking game um, was more instrumental than any refereeing decisions in, in Penrith's victory. He just controlled it. He's got time on his hands. And Penrith, they were, you know, they were struggling a bit a few weeks ago with no Cleary. They were winning games against Portland. But he just makes an incredible difference. Um I've been to the dentist today uh, and I was having a discussion with the dentist after he'd fixed my teeth up. And I said to, you know, that the dentist was talking about how, how clear he just, you know, slows the game down, et cetera, et cetera. And I said that um, he is to the Panthers what Cameron Smith used to be to the Melbourne Storm for all those years. Um, he That's just controls the game. That's a great point. I, I fully agree with you. I I think that, you know, we can talk about, like, Adam Reynolds did that 40-20, and you sort of afford that skill. But The greatest, Cleary, possibly the greatest Cleary, of all time, oh, Most Yeah, but what Cleary done, Cleary... Grab the other Cleary, eye, did it? <laughs> no, but Cleary, could, Cleary moves the game. If, the, if Cleary wants the game to speed up, he speeds it up. If Cleary wants the game to slow down, he slows it down. I agree with you. I think the tempo of the game, no one's moved the tempo of the game like this since Cameron Smith. I, I, I think you're spot on there, Griff. I hadn't thought of it like that, and that's you're 100% correct. Penrith cannot win the comp without Nathan Cleary. I have no doubt about that. They'll... they'll be, you know, they might get. Uh, I don't even know if they can make the grand final if he's injured. Mm. To be honest, that's fair enough. Though, when you look at the halfback, halfbacks, you, you can say that about all the teams, though, Griffo. You look at yeah, Reynolds, but I think, Hughes. Yeah, I think he means more to that team than any other halfback means mm. to any other team. Um, he means to Penrith what Turbo means to Manly. They can't do it without Turbo. They can beat the, the ordinary sides, yes. They can't beat the good ones. I want to make uh, mention also of, of James Tedesco, who was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal uh, yep. in his role last week against the Dragons. You know, there's been all this talk about Te, uh, about uh, Turbo, about Luttrell and whatnot, and, and Tur uh, Teddy, sorry, I'm getting confused with my T's here. Um, he just reminded us, as he does pretty much every week, but last week was just one of the outstanding fullback performances that you could ever see from, from captain and, and fullback. Well done, James Tedesco, and what he did last week for the Roosters. So uh, a few things grabbed my eye there, it would seem, last week. Okay, we're only two rounds to go, Griffo. I want to ask, in all fairness, I know that there's players that aren't eligible and there's all these rules. 
if the Daily M was basically we get to this point of the season, we go, who's the best player? Who's the most influential? It's Nathan Cleary. Well, I thought it has been, and I thought it was last year. I, I couldn't understand how Jack White got awarded the uh, Daly M. Cleary wasn't even second. Um, someone else, I can't remember who it was, was second, but uh, Cleary was third. Now, this is I don't have a lot of faith in award systems, um, but I thought he was definitely the best player last year. Uh, it's him or Turbo this year. Cody Walker's been phenomenal, as has Jerome Hughes. So, um, but, I think the uh, one but, you were thinking of was Gutherson. I think he just missed out last year. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Now, now look, Clint Gutherson is a real. He's a good player. He's a very good player, but he's he's not in the class of those other guys. Um, and you know the talk of the one million dollar contract and whatnot. I don't think he's anywhere near a. a, a the class of, of the guys who should be on a million. Very good player, Gutherson, gives his all, but he's not he's not a game winner like like your Clearies, like your Latrells, like your Tommy Turbos, like your Monsters. You know, those guys, they win your rugby league matches consistently. And and while Clint Gutherson is a really good player, I think he's about three or four hundred thousand dollars behind those other blokes, personally. Yeah. No, it, it, it was it was one of those things definitely I'd imagine that grabbed a lot of people's eyes. There were a lot of eyeballs on that game on Friday night. It was a blockbuster game. I uh, thought back on the back on the Daily M. Yeah. What it what it did show was that was Walker's chance to say, I'm here, I deserve it, and I think I think he fluffed the audition a little bit. He was the fourth so, best half on the field. Yeah, he was a bit, and that's uh, that's yeah, that's got to, to his but, credit. To it, yeah, to his credit, he'd be picking up three points most weeks. That's a hundred percent, you know, and yeah. he may well yeah. win the Dally M because yeah. he's he's played more games than than Cleary or Turbo, who've both been out for extended periods, and and I think. If, if Cody Walker won the Dally M, I couldn't complain. No, I couldn't complain either. There's, there's the potential for six out, points in the next two weeks. He'd, he'd too. just be picking up the, the points. And you know what? With Cody Walker, it's rare he has two average games in a row. Oh, I, I, I'd be surprised if he's not man of the match on, on whenever they play this week, Cody Walker. He's, he's, he's absolute quality. You know someone would be given a fair bit of crap to and probably deserves, and I'm not and deserves a bit of kudos for their performance on the weekend. I know it was a rarity. Um, we haven't talked much about the Broncos. I'm just bringing it up here. Obviously, with Daly M and Anthony Milford, no difference. But when we talked about halves and souths and all that sort of stuff, um, I thought he was good last week. but the, He was outstanding. Yeah, few and far yeah, between. So about four years. Very interesting to see. I don't want to talk too much about it, but just a bit of a teaser for our fans because I feel like he plays best when he plays off the cuff and plays what he sees. Cody Walker's very similar, both at the same club next year. Something to look at, something to keep their eye on. All right, thanks, Griffo. That was really good to hear this week. Um, always looking forward to uh, Griffo's grab. 
Griffo's grab, as we know, it's the highlight of the week, and we go from the highs to the lows, and uh, it is time for Graham's gaff. All right. Well, if they've got the uh, the Carpool Rugby League podcast at uh, NRL referee training this week, they've probably they've probably turned me off by now, and I don't want to make the gaffs all about referees and this and that and the other but there was one call on the weekend that I look at and it highlights the point we we're making earlier fellas and I think Graham's gaff's going to be a pretty quick segment this week because it just basically piggybacks on that idea of the inconsistency in the NRL uh, this this gaff I've got this week came from the final game of last week which was on Sunday afternoon it was the Broncos versus the Warriors and there was a try with a couple of minutes to go, which was awarded to the Warriors, which got them back into the game. And um, had um, uh, their young halfback, had, had their young fullback had his kicking boots on, uh, it may well have uh, got them uh, well and truly back in the game and with a shot of winning. But um, this was a try that went to Ewan Aiken in the 77th minute. It went up to the bunker. Now, as we know, Reese Walsh had a horrible afternoon with the boot. But Ewan Aiken was awarded this try. And uh, for mine, for the, the the commentators, I've looked at the commentary on both um, media outlets, both Channel 9 and Fox. It looked as though Coates got his hand to the ball, grounded it first. Uh, it was sent up as a no try. And Ewan Aiken was awarded the try. The reason I'm calling this as the gaff is just to piggyback on the back of what we're talking about um, earlier on, in that the bunker was designed to look at a replay and to eliminate any possibility of doubt. For me, this was a clear no try, and everyone seems to be surprised it was given a try. I don't know if you guys want to comment on it. I'm just putting it out there for the fans to think about, but... For me, it really felt like the Warriors were down by one try. Bugger it. Let's just put them back in the game and make some entertainment. It felt like a booking decision on a pro wrestling card to me. Um, Henry Paranara, say no more. Is it as simple as that? Do we have certain blokes in the bunker and we just don't Yes, don't Henry Paranara. Them? Henry Paranara. You know, he wasn't, a, he wasn't an NRL standard referee. And he's starting to and he's starting to show he's not NRL standard bunker referee. I, yeah, that's that's my thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just think it's a paranara factor. Look, when your side is perhaps, dealing with paranara factor, perhaps at the end of the season he becomes Henry Sayonara. <laughs> he can go be the video ref for the Tokyo. Yes. Uh, I don't. They got look, the Paralympics starting today. He can go video ref that. The guy, the guy is a rugby league guy. He's one of the few NRL players yes. who have played the game and went on to referee. Now, I congratulate him for that because he obviously loves rugby league. Yep. But his decision-making, he just gets so many wrong. Um, and... You know, I, I don't want to crucify the guy because, you know, he's a rugby league man. He loves the game. He's, he's done it at all levels. And I, 
I want to thank him for that. But I just, I just think he just makes so many mistakes that when you're the video ref, you shouldn't be making mistakes because you're watching replay after replay. Now, we all saw the replays. As Graham said, both networks, they'd called it no try. I tipped the Warriors. I wanted them to win. I didn't think it was a try. And when it went up try, I thought, you're kidding. But, you know, that's good <laughs> for my tipping. And, of course, poor old Reese Walsh, as you mentioned, you know, he just couldn't make a kick. And they, they most of yeah. them, to be fair, they were out wide. And They, they scored more tries but, than the Broncos, but it was the, the they kicking did. that he's, made the difference. He's yeah. proved himself to be not a first-choice goal kicker, but he's the best they've got. Mm. Now, that's Wonderful footballer, that though. Club. That's a problem. That's a problem for for the for the people who do the recruiting and, and, and at that club to, to have a situation where you've got your best goal kicker. He's about 50-50 chance. I was going to say, your best goal kicker playing for the Roosters in Adam Kieran. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, uh, that's their issue. But, you know, the, the reality is the Broncos probably deserve to win that game. Um, Poor old Walsh, he even missed a field goal at the end. It was a shocker uh, to try and get the win, a two-point field goal. But, mm. look, he's Had an outstanding player. And I don't think having him as a goal kicker is helping his, his, his football, to be honest. You know, you want that guy at, at playing confidently, and he's losing confidence. You could see every time one of those kicks missed, he, he you know – he was visibly upset. That's yeah. going to affect his ability to play good football. Give the give the kick into someone else. You know, because you want that guy confident. Now, if he's the best kicker you've got, find your second best kicker and say, right, you're taking the goal kicking. Your chances are you're not going to get it either. Um, but that's something they've got to get sorted out. Because Definitely. they've gone down by by two points or less, probably four or five times this year, it's going to cost them a spot in the top eight. And goal kicking has been a big part of that. So, um, you know, that's something they've got to sort out. Yep. No, it's a, it's a fair call and something they've definitely got to look at because, you know, most more times than not, when you score five tries to four, you win the game. As you said, Griffo, there was some, there were some tough kicks there, but, um, Realistically, I, I actually agree with you. I thought that Brisbane were the better um, of the two sides in that game. And that says a lot, too, about where the Warriors are at. But for Warriors fans who are listening to us across the ditch, uh, don't despair because, look, you are still an opportunity of making the finals. It's going to be tough, but the opportunity is still there. And realistically, if we're looking at opportunities to make the finals, the, the first game we have this week on Thursday night is going to be a highlight of two teams that are right on the edge of that top eight and are right in the thick of things. So we might as well get uh, get straight into it and preview this week's footy. All right, there's the whistle and the kickoff for this week's footy. And the first game we have is going to be at the Sunshine Coast Stadium on the Sunshine Coast, Thursday night, 7.50pm. The seventh place Knights are going to be hosting the Gold Coast Titans. Um, now, in regards to team news for this one, 
First of all, we'll talk about the Knights, who are technically the home team. Uh, David Clemmer, he is suspended, so obviously he's going to be out. We do see Suasu Sue start at prop for him, while Brody Jones drops to the bench, and Frizzell is back in the back row. For the Gold Coast Titans, Ash Taylor is out. Tyrone Peachy is named in the halves alongside Fogarty. Um, Fodawaka is back, joining the bench at the expense of Lasone. Firma is in the second row with Fafita benched. Sammy replaces Mars, who, as we said, is out on the wing. Rain replacing Clark at Hooker. So there are some interesting calls there in this game, Griffo. We've talked a lot over the past weeks about Toby Sexton. We thought he did a good job. So it's very interesting that Peachy gets that run with Jamal Fogarty with Ash Taylor being out. And um, the other thing that I thought was quite um, interesting is we also see Fafita. Uh, look, he's actually named on the bench this week. Um, I'm finding this is a very interesting call by the Titans to have him come in off the bench. Because if the uh, the Knights get a good start, it could be all too late for Fafita get, getting into this game. Yeah, I tell you what, I think he's the only $1.2 million man sitting on a bench. Um, look, he's done some outstanding work this year with the ball in hand. I think he leads the NRL in tackle breaks. Uh, I might stand corrected on that. But as I said earlier, he was part of a, of a Gold Coast Titans right-hand side defense that were dreadful in the second half. Um, and he's, you know, he's got a lift. He's got a lift. You're getting paid. He's one of the highest paid players in the NRL. And I think he generally does the job in tackle, though sometimes he goes missing. But uh, they need him to fire if there are any chance of making the top eight. And they are a chance. Personally, um, I, I would not have put Peachy at 5'8". Okay, if you want to drop, drop Ash Taylor, fair enough. But I would have brought the sex bomb back in and uh, and had him partner in Fogarty. And maybe they'll still do that. The sex bomb's listed at 18, so maybe we'll see him come in. But anyway... Um, so the Titans, you know, their supporters, they would have been filled with hope at the start of the year, thinking we've got the squad now to make the top eight. On paper, we're a top eight side. On the field, we've seen them as a top eight side in some games. And in other games, we've seen them as the old Gold Coast Titans that were cellar dwellers. Um they have to improve their their defense out wide. It's it's just been awful. Um, Sammy comes in for Marju, but but as I said, I thought Patrick Herbert was he was as bad as uh, as the likes of Jared Croker and uh, Rapana for Canberra the week before, and and we 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 talked about how bad those guys were in defense. Well, he was equally as bad. He just kept running out to take the winger and uh, the opposition 
engine just passed inside and there was no one there. And uh, it was the Melbourne Storm just just kept doing it all the time. He just kept going out, 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 and then just pass inside and, and score. It was, I don't know, why the, the coach doesn't get some sort of message to him, you know, say, look, stop following. You know, just communicate with your winger. Um that if they if they can improve their defense, there's no doubt they've got the ability to win this game. I want to mention how impressed I was with Jaden Campbell last week, uh, particularly in the first half. He did some some magical touches. Uh, they've got the team there to win this game. They come up against a Newcastle Knights side who have been doing well. They've they've strung a number of wins together now. Um, they're not quite at full strength. They've got Clemmer out. They've got Daniel Saifiti out. But they do welcome back Frizzell this week. Um, I just think the consistency of the Knights probably gets them across the line in this game. Um, they've got guys like Ponga. Clifford, as I mentioned earlier, I've been really impressed with his form of late. He was really good last week. And uh, their back row, it's a good back row of Frizzell, Barnett and Watson. Um, I just think on, uh, I give the Titans a chance. They're always a chance with their attacking ability, but they have to improve their defense. I just think the Knights, um, I'm going to tip them simply because they're a little bit more consistent. Um or at least they have been in the last month, where they've had a team that that resembles their best team on the park with the likes of, you know, Bradman Best is back there. Ponga is is one of the elite of, of the NRL. And uh, with Mitchell Pierce directing, directing the side around the park, I think they've got enough there to beat the Titans. But I'd not be surprised if the Titans, you know, they've got the ability to get up Chano. Yeah, they got the ability, Griff. I just, I just don't know if they got the will. I, I can't really disagree with anything you said. I've got to agree with everything. Uh, hence, I can't really add a lot more. But I, I just, when I look at the Titans, I just think there's a side. You know, I, I look at the Titans and I think here's the side where yeah, the, this is the this is the season they let get away, like. They could have really have made their mark on the competition this year. They had every opportunity to do so and they failed to do so. And when they've been asked to turn up, they've failed to turn up. I just think that this is the, this is the year that got away for them and it's, it's going to be at their detriment. Um, I don't know if this will make them a better rugby league side years to come. I just think that um, the, the Knights are too strong. The Knights have far too much to play for. Um, they're, they're, they're thinking of bigger fish to fry than the Titans. Um, the mantra this week for the, for the Newcastle Knights is, uh, this is the game we have to win. We have to show control. We have to show composure. We have to show the competition what we're about. And this is the week to do so. And I think they're going to do it. I've got the Newcastle Knights in this one. Um, and you know what? I think this is the week where the Gold Coast Titans probably capitulate a bit and their season um, just gets on top of them. 
Jeez. Okay. I'm I'm actually going similar reasons, but the opposite. I think um, if you look at these two teams and where they're at at the moment, I think this game means more to the Titans. I'm going to pick the Gold Coast. I actually think there might be a few few shuffles. I'm not sure that that's the team we're going to see. I mean, look, the, the worry for the Titans is I'm also hearing that Kevin Proctor's in some doubt, which isn't good for them. I don't um, think he played last week. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 look. With his, he's got that shoulder injury. The only positive that 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 could come out of that for the Titans is that would see for feeder, um, promoted. If you call that a positive, because he was actually, he was actually poor for the uh the, the Melbourne uh against the Melbourne side last week. I I'm not convinced that. Uh, Sexton doesn't feature in the halves. Um, look, I'm I'm basing it on the fact that the Titans have a good record against the Knights and the Titans have more to play for. I think that, that the Knights have a bit of a comfort buffer on the ladder at the moment, given that they're a couple of points ahead of those other teams that are trying to chase them. Um, and when they have played in recent times, um, the Titans have won comprehensively. Look, if, if the Titans... Uh, I'm putting a lot of faith in the Titans, which I know can sound silly to people that follow rugby league, but if there is any game where a team can show that they are a top eight contender and they need to win, it is the Titans. If they are going to be any chance, if they are going to give their fans any hope, this is the week to stand up. And given the fact that they play the Warriors next week... I think this is a good opportunity for them to get back-to-back wins, slide into the finals, and hopefully uh, give the people in the Gold Coast something to cheer about and a team in the finals. So I'm going to go the Titans just. That's me on a limb. All right, so moving on to the second game of the week, we see the uh, New Zealand Warriors taking on the Canberra Raiders. This game is going to happen up in Mackay at 6 p.m. on Friday. So it's great, as we said before, to see, uh, you know, the there's a lot of negatives of COVID and we know people are doing it tough, but one positive is that we can get some, um, some NRL football out to some regions that don't usually get it. And we know that Mackay is an absolute massive rugby league heartland. And uh, people up there are really looking forward to the game on Friday at 6pm. Look, when we look at the team news, for the Warriors, um, Harris DeVita is out with O'Sullivan uh, in at 5'8". Cody Nicarima returns to the bench. Now, he missed last Sunday's loss to Brisbane. Um, Tanua Brown drops the reserve with uh, Matt Lodge returning at prop. Egan has been named at number nine with um, Tavega benched and Murchie is pushing back to the reserves. For the Canberra Raiders, uh, changes from last round. We've got Frawley replacing Sam Williams in the halves while Horsborough returns from uh, his fortnight as a bulldog. He's going to slide into the interchange bench, which uh, also sees uh, Dunamis Louie uh, dropping out. This is another one of those games, Shano, where we've got two teams who are still technically, um, we're still technically a uh, a shot at the top eight. Uh, the Raiders are on twenty, the Warriors are on eighteen. They're just outside of the top eight. We are running out of uh, out of time, 
Um, there are a few Warriors players in doubt with Curran with his head knock, Katoa with his foot. Um, so, look, this is a real chance for the Raiders, a positive team, Shano, from last few years that have been dominant to show that they deserve to be in the top eight. Who would have thought we'd need the Raiders to prove that they're in the top eight? Um, I, I agree. Yeah. I think this is now or never for the Raiders. And um, if they don't win today, uh, today, if they don't win this week, uh, they're in trouble. I, I really think that the hallmark of this season, we can talk about injuries. The hallmark of this season for the, um, for the Raiders has been that they haven't been able to capitalise on any depth they've got, which actually shows now that they've got none. Um, Nickel Clockstar come back last week. Uh, he looked good. Um, you know, I think it alleviates you know, Jordan Rapina from his any defensive duties that he might have in the middle. Look, you know, we now talk about a Warriors side that shows a lot of heart. I, I think this is two sides. I think this is a side where we often talk about the Ford battle. For me, the Ford battle is, you know, it's not so much a Ford battle. It's what can the dynamic backs of each side do to get their side over the line? Um, I, I think uh, I think that the Raiders have far more to prove in this regard. The Raiders know what this time of year is like. Sure, they know what this time of year is like further up the ladder. I think that this year is a year they'd rather forget. In saying that, it's not over yet. I've got the Raiders winning this one. I just think they have too much to play for. I think they're a far more structured side. I think the Warriors still rely on the opposition gifting them 6 to 12 points. Whilst the Raiders have it in them to do that, I don't think they'll do it this week. I think the importance of this week is far, it's far too prominent for the Raiders because if they don't win this, um, their season's gone. And, and some might argue it's gone already, but I think a win this week might just bounce things up. I've got the Raiders winning. Not by much, mind you, but getting the chockies, Griff. Yeah, look, I, I see this as a straight-up 50-50 toss-of-the-coin game. You can't bank on either side. Um, both sides at various stages of the season have had some good wins, but more often than not, they've lost and, and disappointed their fans. Um and I look through both sides and, and I, I see the eight and the 10 for both teams. Very impressive. You look on the Warriors, they've got Fenua Blake and Matt Lodge. Um, Lodge was playing really good rugby league before he got suspended for a couple of weeks and then missed him. Up against Papali and Tarpine. Um, you know, that, that could well decide the way that this game goes. Uh, the, that's, that's high quality. Um, a big loss for the Raiders is Stalin, who, who's out injured, uh, who'd been coming on as a 14 and then covering uh, Dummy Arf and, and allowing Josh Hodgson to play uh, loose forward type role, a playmaker role. Um, so that's quite a loss. Uh, I noticed they've, they've sacked Sam Williams and brought in Matt Frawley. 
you know, they, they've, it's been an Achilles heel for this team ever since George Williams got homesick. And then they ended up saying, okay, you want to go home? Just go. This is a team that's been, has been controversy con- all season, really. And the latest one is the sacking of Curtis Scott, who um, yeah. was on a, a four-year have Rex Mossop couldn't have created a bigger controversy corner than this side this year. Oh, look. Every it's every turn. There's there's something going on behind the scenes with this team, and and that's affected their on field performance. Um, we've we've seen very little of Curtis Scott this year. Um, I think he had an injury, uh, and he's not up. He's not been up in the in the Queensland bubble. I'm not quite sure why what what his injury was, but he just keeps finding trouble. Um, and you know, this is all the last thing the team needs is all this up in the media again. And Hodgson has come out and supported his mate. Um, the club had had enough of, of Scott. And, uh, I mean, there's a great talent who's just seems to be throwing away his career at 23 years of age. Um, so he's not there, but he's not been there for much of the season. Oh, gee, this is, as I said, it's a toss of the coin. I backed the Warriors last week and they lost. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to probably tip Canberra this week and the Warriors will probably win, but I'm going <laughs> to, I've, I've not been overly successful. Everyone in New Zealand these, just went, yes. <laughs> some of these 50-50s over the last few weeks. I did. I did buck the Warriors in last week, and you know, poor old Reese Walsh, as we talked about, couldn't nah. couldn't kick a goal. But quality um, footballer, give him some time. Yeah, look, I, I see. Townsend he's not. He's not. He's not, he's not a. He's not let the one. The kicker. Number one let, kicker. No, let Townsend. Now Townsend's not a good kicker. Don't get me wrong. He cost the Sharks a game earlier in the year against. I think it was the Canberra Raiders actually. Um, where you know he missed some sitters, but uh, I'm going to back in the Raiders here. Graham, who do you think's winning? Yeah, I, I'd have to go the Raiders. Um, it, it is really one of those games where you've got two teams that are inconsistent, and I, I, I really like what you boys alluded to at the start when I threw to you and you said, "I can't believe like if we went back to round one this year." And you could hear us trying to decipher who's going to win a Raiders-Warriors game. You'd think we are mad. You'd think we'd lost the plot. I think the Raiders, for me, um, they're that team that gets, uh, that gets eighth spot for me. And I hope that they're that team that's, that's going in with a bit of form. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to back the Raiders. What can I base it on? I don't know. Is there anyone besides me who thinks that Sean's nickel cook start should be number one instead of 14? Yes. We, we said that last week. We said rub the, the four off. It's a stitch up. What's he doing on the bench? I don't what know. Is he there? I don't know. I think, you know, this is, I think this is Rick just trying to do his whole, oh, well, you know, prove yourself. You know, we've, we've played like this for weeks without you. It's, he is the walk-up start, and I'm telling you now. Last week, he showed 
he showed that if he had played in a key game, a few key games for Canberra, they would have won. Um, I can't believe that no. in in response in response to his work last week, he just doesn't get number one thrown straight on these back. I've got to wonder whether there's more going on at the Raiders because well, when I look it. at the reserves, where you got 18 Sam Williams, 19 Dunamis Louis, and 20 Semi Valame. I think they are three blokes that could easily be uh, very useful in this top 17. Well, we've said it. They're a club of unrest at the moment. Um, People have been happy to walk out. People have been happy to go home. People have been happy. They'd rather not play than play. I think think in the wash-up at the end of this year, it's going to be very apparent that maybe the... um, the Raiders aren't the happy camp, and and something needs to be done about it. Do you think what, uh, a year or two is a long time in football when you look at where they were, you know, going back to, um, you know, can oh, I when say, they made the grand can final. I, can, and, I, can I yeah. say something? I think Bateman was the glue that held it together. Now, See, in hindsight, I, I think... I don't know if he was a glue, but he was a quality player. Oh, he was and, the and quality player. Yes. His loss has been critical. But but isn't it interesting he leaves and every Pommy wants to go back? Uh, not everyone. I mean Well, not not they've the had ones. A few. That, they've had yeah. a few. It's been well, a they've, yeah, a few. They've got three of their starting six are, are Englishmen, you know, with yeah. Whitehead, Sutton and, and Hodgson. Yeah, um, but I think I think the loss of George Williams, they didn't. Yes. They don't have a quality seven. No. Um, whether it's Will, Sam Williams, you know, he's a stopgap, really. Matt Frawley, stopgap. Um, do you think we'll see Luke Brooks in the seven for Canberra next year? Because well, I think. I- that might be a positive move for. Oh, I, 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 agree, I, I agree with you, Griff, and I 100%. That'd be a I, better I team. That, I think that instantly, well, let's face it, okay, Luke Brooks is available this week. Does he play? The camera, if he was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I, 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 I agree. I don't see any, I, I see there's nothing but a positive move. I, they that's need a, a quality point, halfback, or at very least. Point, very you know, good point, Griff, and I fully agree. Yeah. Mm. Very good point. Fully. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to say that Bateman was the uh, the glue that kept this team together, one bloke who might disagree with that is uh, Curtis Scott. He was uh, looking to unstick himself, and uh, he's definitely got nothing to do with Sticky anymore. He is no longer part of the Raiders. So the Raiders have a bit of adversity to, to overcome. Look, I, I think the Raiders get this one. We, We're all in agreement. Yeah, I think so. I think Which the, means the Warriors one. probably win. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look at our uh, our form on the tipping comp and you've been tracking it, then uh, yeah, you'd probably be uh, keen on the uh, <laughs> the Warriors in that one. Look, moving on to Friday night footy, the seven fifty five kickoff. This is at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. Gee. You talk about a rivalry, it doesn't get any bigger than this one. 
We have the Sydney Roosters, formerly the Eastern Suburbs Roosters, taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is a rivalry that's been going on since 1908. Um, for the Roosters, the Roosters, they've um, they've named 20 this week, not 21. That just shows the depth of their injury concerns. They've got Adam Kieran out this week, as well as Nat Butcher. They're both injured. Lamb is moving into the centres. Um, and Egan Butcher is going to start second row. Marshke and Wider on the bench. Abby is going to make his club debut on the wing. Um, and yeah, for those who are looking at the teams and wondering, geez, they've only got 20 blokes. Uh, that's because they do have some concerns. In addition to those concerns, uh, Takiyaho was taken from the field late last week in their win over the Dragons. He'll be monitored. Everyone's expecting him to play. Um... For the Rabbitohs, there's some interesting news around the Rabbitohs. They have a few changes. Keon Kaloamatangi is suspended for two weeks. We talked about him earlier on. Jaden Sewer is going to come in and take his place in the back row. Uh, the other player who is out for the rest, uh, rest of the year, Josh Mansour, um, he'll be replaced by Jackson Paulo this week, which is very interesting. I'd be interested to hear Shano's thoughts because um, no. he thought that Tane Milne... No. Could well get that spot. This week, we've got Totola on the bench with uh, Burgess starting. The other news I'm hearing late, Shano, before I throw to you, I don't know if it's all ducks and drakes and whatnot or whether or not South Sydney are thinking we've got the uh, top three sorted out. But uh, hearing a lot of news that um, Damien Cook is going to sit this one out. He's got a bit of a quad yep. injury. And yep. a lot of people around Redfern uh, and that South Sydney area are telling me that Benji Marshall could very well play hooker for South this week. What are your thoughts three. on this one? Is that is uh, that what look, you're hearing as well? Yeah, look, um, it's come out and it's come out that basically as of last week, um, when Bennett realised that South were finishing third, uh, that there were no, there were no home games. Um, he's looking for auditions now, and that's Paulo in at winger this week. He's looking for finals auditions to see what happens. Um, look, you know, I, I'm 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 all about you know, I, I'm I'm a fan that's all about momentum. And when I look at South Sydney, you know, I've always said, you now it's all about momentum. It's all about momentum. And you know, every year I've said that. We've lost. So, it's, you know, like, I, well, what do I know? I think that this is a rooster side that's significantly underdone with talent. Um, their injury concerns have just decimated this side, unfortunately, for them this year. They'd love to get the scalp of South Sydney after what South Sydney did the uh, 60 point massacre last year. I look at South Sydney, it's still a quality side. Look, Benji Marshall wants to play finals football. He has to prove himself in this in this game. Like I said, last week I wanted Benji to come on and, and alleviate some of the pressure that's on Cook. It didn't really happen. I think that if he plays in that role, it's definitely going to expose the middle third um, of the ground where the defence is, is occurring. That would put Cameron Murray under some significant pressure. Colin Matungi is not out wide. Um, I think that the, it's going to be interesting. Look, whatever side that the Bennett fields, 
it has the quality to win and should win. Um, so I'm tipping South Sydney in this. The key thing for South Sydney and for rugby league fans is to see, okay, if there are a few key positional changes this week, how well do they play and how well do they stack up? They've got to beat the Roosters to show their finals credentials. Regardless of who's on that field, um, the nucleus of that team is going to be there minus Damien Cook. Um, I don't think Cook will play, and I think Paulo yeah, will probably stay in the... I, I like Mill at, at, at wing. I don't know what he's done wrong, but anyway. Paulo does have the speed, but I just don't think he's got the skill, especially in defence as well. Um, I like the forward pack. I think South Sydney's forward pack last week uh, was solid without being brilliant. Interestingly, it was a Burgess drop ball, uh, which caused... Um, the rot to start to set in in that first half. Um, South Sydney have to hold the ball. Um, a lot was made about their penalty count. I think something has to be made about the fact that they do make key errors in horrendous positions. The other thing is their cover tackling needs to improve. This is the week to do it. I think Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker just need to control this team. And and, and you know, and, and people like Latrell Mitchell on the fringes running hard. Uh, in that second half, no early ball got to the fullback, which meant that in defence, Penrith weren't asked to do anything. Um, that's something that South Sydney pride themselves on. I thought, I thought 20 minutes into that second half, I was waiting for, you know, when South Sydney were in their own 40, I was waiting for them to shift the ball wide. And do what they do so brilliantly. They had Alex Johnson there. I think Alex Johnson was underdone. I don't think he's he was fit. He's one week fitter. I think you're going to see a far more turbocharged side. Mind you, they're going to be down on groups, down on groups, down on troops. I've got South Sydney winning this one, Griffo. Um, what's your thoughts on the South Roosters? A rivalry since 1908. No, I, I don't give the Roosters a chance, to be honest. Wow. Um, this uh, this game last year, I think, was played at a similar time. Was when South come up with that record score. If if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but was that was that the massacre last year? Uh, this yeah, round twenty four. Yeah, it was about uh, South got fifty against the Roosters. Was that right? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, last yes, round, right, but pretty much this yep. time last year. Yeah. Uh, what was it, 60, 60, 60. 60 to 8? Well, they, they won by, they won, they put 60 on them. I'll wager that the Roosters put up a much better 17 on paper that night than what they've got this week. Oh. Look, South should win and win well. Um, but in saying that, this is the big, you know, the grudge match that, the supporters of both teams mm. and everyone in the NRL looks forward to. Um, I, I give the Roosters no chance, but I could be wrong. Because one thing that I, I will credit the Roosters with, and I take my hats off them, I've got lots of hats because I've got very little hair. So I've, I've got a lot of hats, but I do take off my hat to the Roosters. There is no way in the world that, that 
given the difficulties they've had with their roster this year, that they should be in the top four. The fact that they are there is a testament to their coaching staff and to all of their players, and in particular to the captain, James Tedesco. This has been a phenomenal effort from the Roosters to put themselves in the running when they have there were half the salary cap sitting on the sideline watching the game. Um, I sort of went through what I, I believe the Roosters' best 13 is, and I think they've only got about six players from 1 to 13 who are there. If I was going to give the best 17, there'd, there'd only maybe be one or two more. Um, they can't field the number 21, as I think Shane was mentioning earlier. Uh, I, I really have so much respect for what they've done this year. It, it, they are a great club. Love them or hate them, they are an outstanding rugby league club. Um, and they're still punching. They've been punching above their weight uh, this year. They'll give it all they've got. But I just don't think, when I look at them on paper, I don't think they can match it with South. Um, if they if they manage to win this game, this will go down as one of the greatest victories in their club history. I just can't see it. There's just too much class in the South Sydney side from 1 to 17. Yes, the Roosters have got a couple of outstanding players. Tedesco, Joseph Manu. They've got Waria Hargreaves there. But outside of that, they've got Lachlan Lamb is playing in the centres for the first time in his career. Rad Abbey, who is he? I know he's played NRL, but I think he played for the Bulldogs. He made a, might have played for the Warriors. You know, he's probably thing, number 30 on their list. Yeah, and the thing with Lamb in the centres, he's just going to get smashed. Like... He's going to have big forwards running at him. And, and, and you know what? Cameron Murray is the kind of guy that will notice that and just run into his inside shoulder. Like, yeah, you're right, Griff. Like, South should win well. But the Roosters will fight. I've got no doubt mm. about it. Every guy in red, white, and blue will give their absolute all. Um and, and I wish them well. I, I hope they do fight. I hope they make a game of it. Um, but if you're looking at class, they're outclassed man for man mm. up against the Rabbitohs. And I've got to tip South Sydney here. Yeah, Graham, comes... I think you'll be tipping the Rabbitohs, but I don't <laughs> want to steal your thunder. No, no thanks, mate. But um, <laughs> yeah, I am, I am tipping the Rabbitohs. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to talk a little bit more about, you know, we talked about the class and I'm going to talk about quality over quantity because if I have a look at every player that is named in this game, uh, and there's 41 of them, usually you get 42, but the Roosters can't uh, find a 21st player. If I look at all these players and I look back over the previous round and I say who stood out the most, who was the best player, it's James Tedesco. Now, I know you guys are going to say, oh, yeah, but you got 
Lamb in the centers. Yeah. But look, all I want to do is I want to give credit because I know when we went to Griffo's Grab, we talked about Nathan Cleary. We've mentioned Tedesco here and there. For me, player of the round last week, James Tedesco. I think you see he the, is. Look, yeah, we talk about how much of a revelation it is that they're still four. Does he deserve a bucket load of credit? Bloody hell, he does. The guy's a freak. I agree. I'm just... We've been... On the podcast, in all fairness to all three of us, yeah. um, we've we've all agreed over the past year or two that he's the best player in the game. Since you Cameron know Smith retired, James Tedesco's yeah. the best player on this and you planet. Know, and you know what... play rugby league. You know what um, Turbo's done in the last few weeks? It's put Teddy into the background. And I think he's reveled in it because every week it's what can Teddy do. Yeah. For the last eight weeks, it's what can Turbo do. And then all of a sudden he's been in the background just ticking over. And it, that's and that's what happens with some of those players where you, you sort of all of a sudden go, oh, yeah, James Tedesco, oh, yeah, he is one of the best players in the world. And you sort of forget about it. It's, it's, it's I think, um, and I think he's been happy with it. Because I think he's just let the roosters tick along and do their own thing, and I've got to be honest with you. There are times this year I thought there is no way this side's going to finish in the top four, and they may not still. Let alone finish in the top eight, mm. and yet they're in it. And yeah. and you've got to take your hat off to. I this think is... you've got to take your hat off to their their depth and the way they can generate players. Look, this is third they're, versus they're fourth. Only, they're only second. Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> they're, they're only fourth. The way they can get players and generate them and do their things, they're only they're only second to the storm. Penrith, be, yeah, Penrith are a close close behind them. Yeah, but the the way they can take players and make them play above themselves, yeah. Only the Melbourne Storm are better. Basically, what you're saying is, given the injuries they've had, apart from the Melbourne Storm, every other team would have just capitulated. I'm they telling have you now, a well, massive amount. Could you imagine? There are so Radley, many teams well, that Radley, would love... Victor Radley's, Victor Radley's done no favours. Well, the, the thing is, they've had so many injuries, so much adversity, and they're still fourth. Like, could you imagine if you're a club like... The Tigers, the Dragons, the Warriors, the Broncos, with a full strength team, momentum, you'd love to come eighth. Like this is a this. I, I tell you what, if the the Roosters were full strength, and I know it's all hypothetical, but if the Roosters were full strength this year, sweet lord, that's a tough team to beat. In saying that, I'm really looking forward to this week. Um, I think. Uh, the style of game we're going to see is going to open up a bit more to see that Tedesco versus Latrell Mitchell battle. Like, really, we've got two quality players here. I'm hoping uh, for a personal reason that Latrell Mitchell lifts, given that he's playing his former team. Um, the punters out there, you'd imagine, uh, would be tipping South Sydney. But this is one of those games where... Um, it's 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 hard to justify, but as a Rabbitohs fan, I'm very concerned about it. I feel as though it's very tough to pick these ones. Um, South should win, but geez, you don't write off the Roosters. I think 
that yeah, I, I just I just worry about it. Um, I just think it's going to be a belter again. All right, moving on to the games that we're going to see on uh, Super Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, yet again, we're going to be at Rockhampton. It's great to see Rocky get some more footy. Brown Park, Rockhampton is going to see the Dragons host the Cowboys. Um, for St. George, looking at the team news, uh, Sloan's going to replace Dufty at fullback. Uh, Larry returns to... Yeah, Blake Laurie's at prop with the Bellin shifting to lock while Maguire is going to shift to the other prop spot. Tarek Sims into the second row. Fumiano back to the bench. Sullivan to hooker. With uh, the Roosters low knee, Freddie Lussick joining the interchange. I'll tell you what, given that they've only announced 20 players this week, the Roosters are probably uh, probably thinking that uh, Freddie Lussick might be a handy player to have. But he's with the St. George Illawarra Dragons this week. Uh, for the North Queensland Cowboys, Tamalolo, Felt, and uh, they're all coming back in. They've missed a few games. Holmes is switching to centre. Um, Assey to the reserves. We've got... Um, I thought it was interesting, too, to see Jason Tamalolo at 8 with Cotter at number 13. It'll be interesting to see how they play through the middle there. Molo's dropping out of the side. Uh, Dunn dropping to the bench. Um, look, there's there's a few changes here in and out for the, the Cowboys side. The Dragons, um, they're, they're starting to settle out a bit, Griffo, since the, um, since the, uh, the barbecue incident that we've all heard a lot about. This really comes down to a team who technically has something to play for, and then you got the Cowboys who are just playing for pride. Well, how do you see this one playing out up at uh, up at Rocky? Well, my apologies to the people of Rockhampton because <laughs> you've scored yourself the Brown Park. Well, I can't. It's not my role to call it. But... Was it always called Brown Park, or did they change the name for this week's game? <laughs> oh, come on! Um, give the yeah. people of Rockhampton something to, you know. They're good people. Yeah, well, I suppose that you know. I know Rockhampton officially is not part of North Queensland, but. It's a lot closer to that than what it is to to Congra or Wollongong. I can't tip the Cowboys. They're, to me, they're an awful, awful rugby league team. Um, so it's by default, really, that I'm going to tip the Dragons. Now, I know the Dragons haven't won since Barbecue Gate, but I'll be honest and say I don't, think barbecue gate alone is the reason they haven't won no because they've come up against good rugby league sides or in some cases very good rugby league sides and i would not have backed them even at full strength really against any of those teams that they've played so this was always going to be you know a tough stretch for them I had them winning the wooden spoon at the start of the year. They started really well. 
and they were in the top eight for most of the year, including in the top four early on. But they played, apart from when they beat Parramatta, that was that was at that stage they beat a top four side. Um, they played the teams that were pretty crap, to be honest. And they were good enough to beat them more often than not. Though they did actually lose against the West Tigers. Um, the Cowboys are in that also run category. And I think the Dragons do win this game simply because I cannot tip the Cowboys. Um, uh, interesting that you mentioned Freddie Lussick has been loaned from the Roosters who, who are yeah. not able to field 21 players. Um, last week we saw Maguire named at nine and, and we talked about the problems with that. Um, this week they've named Jaden Sullivan there who is essentially a 5'8". And Freddie Lussick on the bench, the guy coming in from another club. I think the quicker they get Freddie Lussick onto the field, the more advantageous it's going to be. I don't know if Jaden Sullivan's played too much dummy half, but he's a better option than Josh Maguire. Um, <laughs> yes. They've got, some, they've got some good young talent in this team. Sloan, Figai, uh Zach Lomax, who's been around for a couple of years now. Amoni uh, showed against Penrith that he's got, you know, talent. Sullivan is a talent. Um, yeah, I, I think they win. Um, but I, I can't say too much. Even the, the joy that it brings me that the Plastic Brothers are again paired up for the Cowboys in the second <laughs> row. Um I just, just again, this the team's balloon got some, in the condon. Yeah, yeah, the plastic brothers. Okay. Um, but you know, they've got, they have actually got some talented individuals uh, with the likes of, of Tabu Ifida. Although he he looked uh, at fullback, he struggles with the high ball. I, I don't know if it's his best position from that perspective. They've realised that Holmes is not at home at number one. Mm, he's in the so centres. They've, they've stuck him in the centres. Yeah, might go okay there. Um, some of the work of their centres during the horror stretch has been awful in defence. Um, so interesting. In uh, I won a game all season. Um, he'd be desperate. Desperate to win this game. I don't know who they play next, but it's quite possible he'll go a whole season, having played probably around 20 games and come up empty every time. It's not something that in you want um, to be associated with, really. But So this is his big chance to win a game. Uh, just This team just continues to disappoint as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I've got to bag the Dragons for this one. Shane, Who? which way are you going? I'm going Dragons, Griff. I'm with you. I, I agree. I just can't bring myself to tip the Cowboys. Um, they have been abysmal at times, bordering on shambles. Mind you, we're talking about the Dragons. And, and you know what? There have been some positional changes with the Dragons that have been highly questionable. Um, they've really struggled with consistency, especially around holding the ball. 
Um, but you know, I just I just look at the I look at the dragons and regardless of what they dish up week in, week out, I just think they've got what they've got enough to beat the 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 Cowboys. Look, I can't add much more than what you said. You were very comprehensive in your summation of this game. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've got the I've got the the Dragons. I think if either of these teams were playing anyone else, I probably would tip the other team. But yeah, in saying that, right now I've got the Dragons. Yeah, like what do you say? Dragons, they're the lesser of two evils, really, aren't they? In this one, so um, look, unfortunately, the punters have to tip one of these teams this week, and I feel like if you. If you're going to hedge your bets, the Dragons are the way to go. So uh, I'm also tipping St. George. Okay, moving on to the next game of Super Saturday, 5.30pm. This one's going to happen at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. Technically, it's a home game for the Sharks, but given the COVID situation, we know that that's obviously, um, you know, it's a bit of a bonus for the Broncos, given the fact that uh, all games are going to happen in Queensland. Team news uh, for the Sharks, looking at changes from last round. Um, Ronaldo's injury brings Harati back into the side on the wing. Tolman's going to return on the bench um, with uh, Magolas. Uh, he's sliding out. Um, the Broncos, no changes. They're super impressed with what's been going on, obviously, last week. But uh, this week they come up against the Cronulla Sharks. Um, look... Uh, we've got a few, uh, look, a few question marks. I don't, I don't think there's anything too major in this one. Um, Coates took a knock to the elbow at the end of the Warriors game. They reckon he'll be good to go. Um, look, Mead's on standby. I mentioned earlier that, that Milford probably had his best game in a long time for the Broncos. Uh, they come up against the Sharks here, Shano, and the Sharks are currently 8th. This is a game, if you're a Sharks fan, you'd think they've got a fair bit to play for to hold their spot in the top 8 and keep those other sides at bay. Yeah, this is a massive game for the Sharks, when I think about it. like They've got to um, they've got to aim up. They've got to do what they need to do. Um, they've got some ins, like you said, Graham. Oh, I just... For me, the Sharks, the, the problem with the Sharks is is if Milford has a game like he did last week, they're in trouble. They can't handle someone else doing something out of the ordinary. Look, the Sharks, and I'm a broker record when I say this, they've got to control the ball in their own 40. They still can't do that. If they can do that, they're half a chance. They need people like Will Kennedy, Connor Tracy, um, Jesse Ramian, um, you know, the Blake Braley's of their side to really step up and start creating some structure around this side. The biggest problem is when I look at their spine, one, six, seven, nine, I probably think they're, I probably think they tend to want to play through their one, three, four, and nine. Which, which sometimes leave the six and seven out in limbo. Uh, that's a problem when you when when your key playmakers seem to be out in the centres. Um, that just can't happen in a rugby league side. Um, so they've got to start. They've got to start seeing how they can um, 
in Jack Metcalf and um, Trindle to be able to play the game. Their forward pack really needs to be on point this week. Um, they're playing like for like, regardless of what's happened um, on the scoreboard. Broncos have some pretty um, pretty good forwards that, could, that are able to aim up here. The other the other key matchups is in the interchange. If the interchange stays the same, Boylan, Hamminuele, Tolman, and Wilton will play Levi, Kennedy, Bullymore, and Rabati. I just think that I just think that once the Sharks lay the platform, their interchange has to come on and do the job. Um, in saying that. <sighs> I'm I'm finding this one tough, guys. I I look at the teams and I look at the sides, and there's I want to pick the Sharks because I think the Sharks have a lot to play for. But if we were in round two, I'd be picking the Broncos. I I just think I, there's something about this game which tells me the Sharks will yet again disappoint. However. Looking at their position, looking at what they need to do, I'm picking the Sharks with absolutely no confidence, Griffo. Yeah, well, it seemed like only two or three weeks ago these two teams met at the same venue. Um, and I, I was on the Sharks that day and they lost. Um, the Broncos are playing much better than, than they were earlier in the season. Um, the Sharks, have, I, I, I really thought, you know, that they, they were on a roll there about a month ago, and then they sort of went off the boil after Johnson got injured and Moylan was injured. Um, I was impressed with what they did last week. They put a big score on... Um, against a team that whose defense was was dreadful the broncos will not be as bad in defense as, as what the tigers were um but the sharks have got a lot to play for here they can get a top eight spot they, if you know they, they play the broncos this week and they play the storm next week and the likelihood is that the melbourne storm will rest a large percentage of their stars. So realistically, the Sharks are every chance of making the eight, but they have to win this game. And uh, I'm going to tip them to do so. Um, but again, for me, this is an absolute 50-50 game. Uh, the Sharks do have plenty of attack in them. Uh, they are missing Ronaldo, uh, who was on fire last week before he got his jaw broken, unfortunately, for, for uh, Ronaldo. Um, Matt Moylan looked good when he came on as a, uh, as a sub. Uh, he's there again. Uh, I was very impressed with Metcalf, and uh, that was one of, been one of my question marks over the Sharks with the six and seven combination. Um, Connor Tracy's gone back out into the centres. I think he's better suited there. 
Um, there's still no Will Chambers. He's out of favour. He's not even listed in the 21. Um, so it seems his papers have been stamped not to play again this year. Um, now I, I'm going to stick with the Sharks, but but I, it would not surprise me at all if if the Broncos continue their good form and, and get over the top of them as they did what seems only like, you know, two or three weeks ago, Graham. Yeah, I'm going on the Sharks in this one. Um, it's it, it's hard this time of year too when you've got these teams that are just, you know, they're in form, they're out of form, they're, you know, they're doing the hokey pokey, they're in and they're out. I'm, I'm basing it on the fact that the Sharks have... Um, They've got more to play for. They're playing for a final spot, and I know there have been so many times on this podcast where I've I've based it on that, and I said this team has to win this week, and they haven't. But um, look, yeah, I mean, one thing the Sharks have to tidy up is um, their defense. I, I, they miss so many tackles. I watch them every week. I think for the whole season they've missed eight hundred and twenty-eight tackles, and that. They lead that stat in the NRL. Um, hopefully for them, the Broncos don't throw as much at them as some of the other clubs. But, geez, even if they do win this week and they make it through, um, yeah, they're, as we said, there's a lot of team make, teams making up numbers. Sharks have more to play for this week. I'm, I'm going to go Sharks, but, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Bit hard to tip some winners this week definitively. I'll tell you what, though. Some of the tipsters are going to definitively tell you that this week the Storm are specials when they take on the Eels Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane, 7.35 on Saturday. Uh, this is first place playing sixth. So it's a top eight battle for the Storm. Uh, you've got Smith and Olam coming back into the team after a rest in round 23. Uh, and Jerome Hughes is also back at half. Harry Grant dropping to the bench. Seve's out of the 17. And Hines drops to the bench, uh, which is another interesting thing to see. He's actually, uh, yeah, Nico Hines, 17 this week. So Pappenhausen starting at number one. Hines still in the 17. For the Parramatta Eels, um, Mika Sivo's got a knee injury. So um, Ferguson's going to come back. He had a calf injury. They're going to swap places, and Ferguson will come back in this week. Uh, Stone and Hipgrave replacing uh, Will Smith and uh, Kafusi of the Oregon kind on the bench. Uh, this one's going to be refereed by Henry Perinara. This game here, guys, I'll, I'll hit to you first, Griffo. Um, look, we, we know the Parramatta Eels have been that team. They've been on a bit of a slide. They are guaranteed a top eight spot. But this shows the division in the competition because I think a lot of punters here are going to be pretty keen on the Storm. And I've already talked to a lot of people this week who think the Storm are going to win this one quite handsomely and could be the joker in the thief uh, margin for the week. Uh, okay, Graham. Well, firstly, I, I think you just mentioned that Henry P was going to be the referee. Correct. Well, I think he's, he's up in the box, fortunately. Well, not fortunately. But... Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was my <laughs> fault. Jared and, Sutton. And... Sutton's on the field. Yeah. Perinara's in the in the yeah. in the box. Sorry. Yeah. Now, 
One thing I did pick up earlier was that Henry P will also be uh, up in the box for your your rabbitos this week. So um, mm. he's he's getting plenty of plenty yeah. of exposure in front of the TV screen. No um, try. Sorry, that was yeah. Sorry, fellas, my mistake there. He'll be he'll be uh, in front of no the try. TV screen. <laughs> Look, um, you've got. The competition favourites in this game up against one of only the two teams who've actually defeated them in 2021, the Parramatta Eels. Now, when they last played, I think it was maybe round two, um, I was uh, close to Parramatta Stadium, or Bankwest as it's now known, and I could hear the roars... I didn't know what the score was, but the loud roar made me think, you know, Para must have won, uh, which they did. Now, um, I can't see loud roars for the Eels this week. Um, This is close to Melbourne's best team. It's not their best side, but it's getting a lot closer. And as I said, I think next week we'll see a lot of their stars having a nice little rest on the sideline. Um, Parramatta would have been uh, very happy if they had have rested them this week. Um, for mine, Melbourne win. They win well. Um, Para did get a win last week to their credit. And they beat the Cowboys reasonably convincingly. Um, they're not going to have it as easy against the Melbourne Storm. Um, for mine, Para not expected to win. So if slash when they lose, um, I don't think we should be hearing too much about Coach Arthur's job being in jeopardy again, unless they get absolutely hammered. Um, a good result for Parramatta this week is a creditable loss, an honourable loss. So if uh, what they'll want to do is is get their systems in place, particularly their defence against the best attacking side in the league, uh, because realistically, with Sevo out, um, you know, there's been a lot of problems with Parramatta's wingers and defence. So we saw the shadow get a run the other week. And uh, unfortunately, he was more shadow than moonlight. Um, so it's really now Dunster and Ferguson look like they're going to be the wingers. Um, they do have the young gun in Sean Russell uh, available. He's listed at number 20. We did see him debut earlier in the year. So if either Dunster or Ferguson have a shocker, and both of them have been guilty of, of that throughout the year, then you'd think that maybe Sean Russell comes in next week. Um, I just see a Melbourne victory, and uh, I just think if Parramatta can, can, can get close, that's going to actually give them confidence, because no one, no one expects them to win this game, and and I dare say, even though that outwardly they would say that, you know, they expect to win themselves, I think, uh, you know, inwardly um, 
they would not be expecting to topple the Storm, who are close to full strength. Shane O. Oh, geez, I can't have much more than you guys. This is the year, this is the time of year where Parramatta capitulate, and it will happen this week. I've got the Storm. Yeah, I'm thinking... What was that? I'm thinking Storm it as well. Like, like I, I just can't see, and Griffo went through the, the computation. I can't see a silver lining. I've yeah. got, uh, don't worry about it. It's over. The only thing I want to discuss and see if people think that it's uh, a bit rough, not that we condone betting, but um, our, uh, our resident sports bet uh, betting agency, they're our... Uh, <sighs> The one we usually go to, they've got the eels at nine bucks. Nine dollars. Yep, dollar oh seven storm. I guess it's fair enough. Yeah, I think it is power, too. But I, I, I'll tell I've you what's a good family, multi this week. I've got a, I've got a family member who, on a roosters on, into on, in our messages, Ooh. in our messages said, you know, spoke about the eels as, and I said I can't see the it's eels finishing anything better than sixth. No, they won't. I, I just can't see them finishing any better than sixth. And you know what? They're on the downward spiral. If 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 they can't if do any NRL, worse than sixth, though. If, if the NRL went for fifteen rounds, Parramatta would be on point. Hmm. And this it, is a team that a lot of people um, were talking about um, last year with the COVID break, saying, "Oh, this was our year. It was Paris' year." Uh, nah, look. Oh, oh. You gotta go Melbourne in this one. Um, yeah, look, if you are if they you your tip... joker, Graham? I know you did mention that earlier. Oh. Am I gonna write that for you? Do I do the storm? Let's. I'll tell you what, Griffo. Nah, no. Not at this stage, okay. Not at this stage. Um, Keep I'm... that in in warm for. I'm gonna hit the, the I'm next gonna hit game. the music. It won't take long. <laughs> All right, Griffo, lock in my joker this week. We have on okay. Sunday the Seagulls taking the on the Bulldogs. <laughs> I like Manly this week for my joker. Uh, look, before I get too much into the uh, opinion, uh, let's have a look at the team news here while uh, Griffo gets the paperwork done for me in the tipping comp. Um, one of the massive things for Manly, as always, whenever Tom Trebojevic is named at fullback, that's a huge plus for them. Uh, he wasn't there last week. Uh, he's a direct replacement for uh, Funa, who's suspended. Parker returns at centre, Suley dropping to the reserves. For the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Luke Thompson and Corey Wadella suspended. Um, you've got Topine in the reserves, Elliot's being stood down. We haven't gone in-depth on that, but uh, those who follow Rugby League closely will know that he's in a bit of hot water. Horsborough and Ryan James are on their Raiders loan. They're all out. Um, Siamana Fungi and Hetherington are returning from suspension. Um, Beyond the Oko has been named at... Odo, I should say, has been named at Hooker. Dury and Stimson are the second rowers. Wakeham, Ogden... Look, I can just keep going in regards to what's happening with the Bulldogs team. I think I'm wasting breath. Canterbury fans are probably going to say, hey, you're not giving us enough credit. But realistically, Griffo, when you're coming up against Manly with Turbo and given the form of the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Manly's the team you've got to be looking at this week. 
Well, what I heard out of that was that they've recruited Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're about to break up. If you are if you are Paul McCartney and you're a Canterbury Bankstown fan, you are shitting bricks. I hope What's she going plays on? rugby league better than what she sings. Oh, goodness but, uh, me. Oh, Yoko. Um... <laughs> Mind you, imagine good old, good old Linda McCartney. Linda Mc, good old Linda wasn't great. Like, Look, God, to be God honest with you, have you heard that rendition oh. of Hey Jude? Oh my God, awful. from Yoko. No, Linda, Linda McCartney. She, yeah. She's awful too. Oh, Poor, look, God rest her soul. But geez, she did. Linda, yeah, she died of breast cancer. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. Was, was she the one with one leg? Um, I'm thinking of, am I on the wrong track here? No. I don't know. I don't know how many legs Linda had, but I, I know she couldn't sing. Didn't he have a wife with one leg? He, he did. He did. Yes. Was that not her? <laughs> that was Heather Mills. Oh, sorry. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look, yeah. And, and okay. She was my. She well, was hoping I mean, the most interesting I mean, no thing about her was the fact that she was a vegan. Oh, she was a vegan. <laughs> oh, come on. Yes. You know when they say, I'll cost you an arm and a leg? <laughs> oh. Okay, my apologies to all concerned there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I just <laughs> I don't know how your call oh. the conversation. Oh, my favourite Beatles, George, unless you're with, wondering. Beyond the old call, <laughs> Okay, look, getting back to the game. Um, I had already done my joker. Sorry, Shane, did you give your tip? Uh, I, I, did I interrupt? <laughs> no? Okay, I'll keep going then. Um, oh, goodness. I had already penned in the Sea Eagles as my joker for this no, round. No, mate, thrown to you. Thrown to you, um, it's all good. Yeah, my apologies to the listeners too. Um, but it, it's I, I, I had them probably a couple of months ago, um, and they they put on a sixty score against the Bulldogs, which helped me immensely in that competition. Um, I'm just going to find my sheet here. I had it close by. Um, I think they can do a similar sort of thing this week. Uh, I give the Bulldogs absolutely no chance in this game. Uh, yes, it was round 16, and it was a plus 66 um, to the Sea Eagles. Uh, yeah, round 16. Now, I don't think the Bulldogs have improved too much since that time, and I think the Sea Eagles have actually gotten better. Uh, I think it's one-way traffic this week, and... Uh, the Bulldogs uh, are just in for another tough uh, 80 minutes where the scoreboard attendance is going to be really busy for the opposition, but not, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs themselves. A big win here to the Maroon and White. Graham. Yeah. Look, are we all in agreement here? It's pretty simple that... Um... You've got to be a, a pretty diehard fan to go the Bulldogs. 
Yep. Well, even the diehard fans will be tipping Nunley if they, you know, value If, you, the, if you're you know in what? a tipping comp based in uh, Canterbury Bankstown at the moment, it, nah. it, they're not even tipping the dogs. It's, no, no. Manly's winning. Great. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Manly's got this one, and um, yeah, you, you got to be brave or mad to to go against them. All right, on the back of what we talked about before, we've talked heaps about the Panthers in this podcast. It's the Battle of the Big Cats this week. We've got the Panthers taking on the Tigers at Redcliffe. Uh, this is another one, Griff. I don't know if you've looked at the odds, but your Panthers are super hot favourites, as they should be. Can I say, this is my joker. Okay, um, um, you've got your sheet here. Well, look, if you're... Well, well, who's your tip, by the way, Shane? You just said it's a joke. Oh, it's the Tigers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, the Panthers. Oh. Panthers, okay. I'm in for the Panthers. Oh, goodness. Look, <laughs> Fisher Harris. Can I just say, can, can, before you go through the sides, Greg, can, just, can we just cut to the chase and just say, regardless who's playing for each side, the Panthers are going to belt them because one side is very, very good and the other side is very, very crap. Well, we've got Shane's, Shane's health there. Obviously, Penrith are the team to beat this week. Um, as, as I was going to say, Griffo, you know, not that no it means a lot. They're kidding. Um, I, I'm actually Shane. looking to sports oh, that's bet. That's what I'm saying. way sports, he's out. Sports Done. bet are really, really hot in the Panthers. Dollar three favourites as opposed yeah, to three. Thirteen dollars you know for the Tigers. Get on that if you're a Tigers fan and you, know, you want no to Dewey. donate something to the uh, the sports bet course. Absolutely and, no way. And in regards to look team news, um, it, it's positive for the Penrith Panthers that they've got Fisher Harris and Toto back in the side. Uh, Brent Naden and Eisenhuth are the players to miss out altogether. As Shane's saying there, look. With Adam Dewayhe out, um, Madden's in the halves. <sighs> Look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, fellas. We've talked about the Tigers a lot, Griffo, and we've talked about their deficiencies. And the shining light in this scene, this team has been Adam Dewayhe. With him missing, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm right. Pencil through them. If they weren't already done, they definitely are now. Um, this is a training run for Penrith. Do they rest players? What do they do? Um, first of all, last week, I did not, or maybe the last two weeks, I've not called the West Tigers Muriel because they actually won a couple of games. I said last week when they come up against the Sharks, you know, I'm so I'm putting my head on the chopping block. I'm going to tip the Tigers. Well, I've got to say, chopping block came down. Um, I got up to Blacktown Hospital with my head under my arm, knocked on the door and said, look, I'm sorry, I've got a problem here. As you can see, I tipped the Tigers last week. Can you put my head back on? Um, and then they did. They're very good up there at Blacktown Hospital and, oh, and, and that sort you. of thing. So head back on. I'll not be putting my head on the chopping block again, ever with this team. Um, it was 
it was an embarrassing performance. I was trying to think, what word am I going to use for what they did last week? Their defense was despicable. Um, Even an informed Tigers team has no hope. <laughs> like, they, really? They Their season, they were still in it. And, and oh, mathematically, no. I think they still are. But When they had something to play for, gosh. They, their defense out wide was dreadful. The Sharks were scoring out wide. Then in the second half, they had their wingers running straight through the meat of the West Tigers forwards. First, it was Mulitalo. Then it was Katoa right through the middle. Now, I'm going to say that partially that's the coach's fault um, because... He has this philosophy of selecting a lot of big boppers. Um, and he won a comp at South with it. We, we talked about that earlier. The reality was that it was a different time in rugby league. Mm. But also the reality was that his big boppers were pretty good players. Whereas some of these guys, um, they're big guys. They're not overly mobile, some of them. Uh, and, and they were embarrassed last week. Um, and that's a coaching issue. You, you, you as the coach pick the side. And um, the game has gone past stacking your team with big boppers. Um, and and that's, that's something that... You know, I know early in the year, before the season started, we looked at, at the squads... And I said at the time, I said, gee, this, this West Tigers, they seem to have a lot of props there. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. So he's got to take some responsibility for some poor decision-making. Individually, this team actually has some, some decent footballers. And I'll wager that if, if these guys individually were, were playing in different jerseys, say, other than the Bulldogs or the Cowboys, they'd actually be good players, a lot of them. Um, you mentioned their best player is out. Their second best player is also out, Dane Laurie, who's been outstanding as well this year. Laurie and Duwehi hold their heads up high. They've had great seasons. Not too many others can say the same thing. Um, Penrith win this one. It depends, you know, in terms of how much they win by, it's really dependent on how much effort the Tigers make. Um, I know the big grudge match for you guys as, as Rabbitoh supporters is the Sydney Roosters. When I, I can tell you that pretty much every Penrith Panthers supporter, their grudge match is the West Tigers. Yeah, um, wow. more so than Para. Absolutely, these days. Yeah, wow. I think, particularly based on, you know, it's been it's been that way for a few years. Last year at Parramatta Stadium, we, there was a big, big clash, and we saw BJ Lee Lua flatten Dylan Edwards off the ball, and I think he might have only got ten minutes, and he, they didn't really go with with uh, send offs last year, but he should have been sent off. Um, there's been a lot of other incidents this year, like Art Oval, 
and uh, it was on Tales from Tiger Town. Um, they had their big win when they knocked over Penrith. Penrith without all their origin players, and I think they had someone else suspended as well. Might being Moses Leota was also out. So I think they had eight players out. And to the Tigers' credit, they won, and they won well um, against an understrength Panthers side who didn't, to be fair, they really didn't play well that night. But the Tigers did. They deserved their victory. But And I got no problem with, with the players on the field. Um, and, and when they interviewed uh, Captain Tamau after the game, he was very respectful. Tigers fans, not so. Um, they were... And I understand why they won't give it to Coach Cleary, but they were throwing things at the Penrith players on the sideline, the guys who were sitting there because they're going to run, um, run out for the Blues. Um, so those guys were copying it. Um, and, you know, it was a lot of chest beating from the Tigers fans, both uh, in Leichhardt Oval and then social media, etc. They had their moment. They had their moment. They beat the previously unbeaten Panthers. They ended their, their winning streak. Um, and they did so fair and square. It wasn't their fault that, that Penrith had a lot of players out. They did their job. Um, but I think there'll be, uh, there'll be 17 Panthers as well as a coaching staff and every single Panthers supporter uh, who, who will, who'd been circled this game Um had it been in Penrith Stadium, it would have been full um, because every Panther supporter wants to remind the opposition uh, of, uh, of, of really where their place is in the NRL. And um, their place is outside the eight. No other side has been devoid of finals appearances longer than this team. And uh, I really want to see Penrith win this game. Number one, it's two points. But number two, uh, this is a bit of a score to settle there. Um, and uh, I think Penrith will win. Um, this is pretty much Penrith's best side. Um, whether Dylan Edwards plays, I'm not sure. Whether Brian Toto plays, I'm not sure. I'd actually give Toto a rest. Um, even if he is fit to play, I'd say, look, you've had a, you know, quite a, a significant injury. He had it operated on. He's too important to risk. Um, and I'd be, uh, I'd be putting uh, Taylor May on the wing here. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think one of you mentioned earlier, the performance of Crichton at fullback last week. That was mm. Stephen Crichton's best game for 2021 he's um he's been solid in defense but we haven't seen much of his attacking class i think we saw Crichton back to form right at the at, at the right time for the panthers uh even if Crichton doesn't play fullback if edwards does play i'd i'd put him back in the centers and i thought momorowski i think he's a much better winger than what he is a center um, he put in two fabulous kicks last week from the wing, which were try assists for Stephen Crichton and Nathan Cleary. He's very solid, Momorowski. 
Um, but I, I think uh, I, if I, I'd go with a positional switch. If if Edwards does play, um, I'd, I'd switch those two guys. But Penrith, too many guns for the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers' season is over. Um, if if Penrith get off to a, a flying start, I think uh, I think Shano's tip for the Joker and the Thief, he might score well there. Um, Shane, what's your summation? <laughs> wow, Griff, um, you 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 call yourself the chameleon, but you are a, a you are the panther in disguise. It's it's look. All right. Can I just say? Can I just say? Yeah, Pen. Can I just say one thing though? Whenever these two, and I agree with you, Griff. I wouldn't be playing anyone in remote um, injury issue. Whenever these two play, it's it's ferocious. Further to that, it can borderline on the ugly. I just, there's a part of me in the back of my brain that says, we're going to see something we don't want to see. Like, you know what I mean? No, I, I just understand think, what you're saying, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I just, you don't I, want to see know, a guy suspended lurch, and missing, yeah, a, missing a game against lurch, South. In, in you know, Lurch one. comes out, you know, you know, the Lurch in someone comes out, not, not the Lurch, the old footy player, John O'Neill, the Lurch, the, you know, the guy from Adam's family that you just send out to 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 hurt someone, something comes out in, in these players, and I just don't want. And it can happen in the first ten minutes where the game's settling in, someone does something niggly, bang, and then all of a sudden someone does something stupid, someone gets provoked. Before you know it, they're missing two games, or or worse still. They're on the receiving end of something that puts them out for two weeks. If I was Penrith, I want to play a very clean clinical game, get out of rubbish. If they want to start something, just walk away. You're going to win. You're going to win by a mozza. I, I, just, I just think that they've just got to be so clean and clinical this week. The hallmark of good teams is not only do they play well, they choose their battles. And Penrith, I want to choose their battles this week. Look, they're, you know, I'm thinking of their finals aspirations. And regardless of the team that I follow, at the end of the day, I want the best play in the grand final. Um, I would love to think that the team I follow is part of that. But if they're not, I, I don't want a team losing out because of a silly suspension because of a rush of blood. I, I agree with everything Griffo said. I've got the, you know who my tip is for the week and you know who my margin is for the week. I just don't, I just want Penrith to play smart this week because you know what? They're going to get baited. It's getting too close to want, And I don't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. Now, look, Penrith are going to win this one. To sum it up, I'm not going to talk anymore about this. You got, you got, the cream at the top against a team that we've uh, said a lot about um, in in the Tigers. We've talked about them struggling, their best players out. Um, look, I can't see them getting close uh, short of uh, the whole Penrith Panthers team deciding to sit this one out. 
Um, yeah. I, I, I think Penrith's a safe bet in this one, and for them to continue their their um, their good run of form. All right, fellas, that'll do us this week. Uh, it's been a good podcast. There's plenty there to to break down and to um, to talk about for the week coming forward. We're only a couple of weeks out. It's really exciting to see. And uh, I really appreciate you two fellas being on board. But more importantly than that, I really appreciate appreciate all of the fans Love uh, being tuning here. in. It's been really good. Now, just before we go, Graham, I know the music's there, but um, what would you make of this uh, Adam Elliott flash Millie Boyle? That pizza for Thor Christ? Beat up? Beat up. Beat up? Look, yeah. And to add to it, and to add something else right now, Paralympics, South Sydney, uh, South Sydney, Australia, <laughs> Australia, top of the medal count. Oh, very just good. There it. you go. Just saw Excellent. it. Excellent. Good on it. And you know what? It's the Olympics that doesn't get enough credit. Paralympics, mate. True. We are on top at the moment, winning gold. Gold, story, gold, gold, gold. Story for another day. Shouldn't be three weeks later. Should be integrated, but that's just me. Um, lots of rugby league this week, and I'll tell you what. I think that'll just about <laughs> do us. <laughs> Have a good week, people. Thanks for listening. Be good.